podcastjuice.net. Did you know that Podcast Juice is premium content? Well, check out Podcast Juice All Access. Join today and get instant access to over nine years of great classic podcasts, members-only shows, and more exclusive content. Go to podcastjuice.net backslash all access and join today. Who got the money? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Michael Dean Show. This is podcastjuice.net, home of the podcast that you just can't get enough of. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Sean Hill. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well. This is going to be my final broadcast in the city of San Diego. Uh, next week, I will be in Oakland. The Bay Area takeover will commence on Thursday. Okay, you'll be officially uh, doing some town business, as they say, over there in the Bay Area. <laughs> All right, man. So this is, a, this is your send-off show from San Diego to the Bay. That's right. That's right. I'll try to throw in some Bayisms. Uh, <laughs> if I remember some from back in the day. Uh, but anyway, uh, also we got to shout out uh, Mr. Day Dropping. This is birthday today, actually. Yes, yes. Happy birthday, sir. Uh, we're gonna shout him out. Day Dropping, uh, man, long time uh, partner of the show. So I hope he's uh, living it up today and having a good one. Definitely shout out to him. And uh, shout out to Q Storm, which I believe, actually, he may be coming back home, but I know he was in Hawaii the last few days having a ball, it looks like. So shout out to him, getting some vacation time with the family. So it's a good day. Shout out yes, to um, remember. Big Sexy and Sack, which he may be jumping in here. I'm not sure what his status is, but shout him out. And Aunt Pooh, and of course, Big Ken. But today... Man, we got to get into some of these movies. Uh, some big movies that came out. The big movie that came out uh, today, or Friday, I should say, uh, was a long-awaited. I don't know if it was awaited. No, it, was, it wasn't. It was long in the coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will say, so we're going to talk about Independence Day uh, resurgence, Independence Day 2. Uh, where should I begin? Uh, I... Started to get hyped for this movie because I saw the trailer. You know, I fell for the same old thing. You know, you know how they do. They show the good parts in the trailer. Right, right. Get your anticipation up. And you're like, ah, yeah, okay. And I'm kind of like, Independence Day, the original. I'm a fan of that movie. Like, when it came out, I I loved it. I thought it was cool. It was fun. Uh, You know, at the time, we didn't have something like that. So it was cool to see that kind of energy. Um, to me, it was like a, a great 90s kind of movie. It sits right in that same uh, category to me of um, like The Rock and some of those just Michael right. Bay type movies. And for at that time, it worked. You know, it's not trying to be super smart or, you know, some grand cinematic achievement. It's just an excellent popcorn movie. It was one of the original sort of... Uh, I think it sort of brought in that whole showing the destruction, you know, on a large scale type of movie. And the, the shot of the was the White House being White blown House. up. Yeah, it's classic, you know. Yeah, that was the first teaser. They just showed just that yes. shot, of, and that was I think I think it was a Super Bowl teaser too. And I remember even even me, oh shit, this is going to be the best movie <laughs> ever. Yeah, I mean that's a hell of and that's a hell of a teaser, right? That that yeah. alone, he's like, okay, I ain't never seen this. Like, did they blow a White House? 
I, I can imagine why they, I mean, just imagine if they did that today. I guess they had White House down, but I don't think they blew it up or say, but yeah, you probably no, wouldn't no. be allowed to show that today. Yeah, probably <laughs> it not. It might read the wrong way. But um, anyway, oh, I think uh, Big Sexy is here. Uh, sir. Uh, yes. You, uh, glad you could join us, Counselor. Uh, <sighs> are we talking about the film? We're, yeah, we're going to get into Independence Day. Did you see it? The only thing I saw was uh, a certain cryptic post about Will Smith laughing it oh, up now. Yeah, so we'll get I into that. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I was just saying, you know, the first movie, you know, it is a classic. It's not the best movie in the world, but it is what it is. Uh, so here we are 20 years later, Independence Day resurgence. And let me just say right off the gate, and you see it in the trailer, Will Smith is not in this movie. Uh, and... At first, I was like, well, looking at the special effects and the, the trailer, they could pull this off without him. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give you my quick take on it, and we'll get into it. My first take to tell you is the movie sucks. <laughs> wow. That, for some, that may not be saying much, uh, but it sucks. Uh, they had 20 years, and this is what they came up with. They did. I understand why 20th Century Fox had the press screenings the day after the release. Because this movie is on some bullshit. Now, with that said, y'all know that I like sci-fi. I'm a sci-fi guy. I can go see a sci-fi movie, even if I know it's going to be horrible. Uh, And I'm saying that this movie sucks, but it's not on the level of... Is it Jupiter's Ascending? Jupiter's Ascending. That movie not doesn't suck it is it's it's fucked like you can't even watch that movie that movie is like uh like somebody pulling your eyes out or something to sit there and watch that so this is not like that but what this is is this is a movie that should have been good because it ain't got to do it doesn't have to be like a cinematic masterpiece it just needs to be a good popcorn movie and i think why it ultimately fails is because there is no Will Smith. Looking at the original movie, I was like, well, Will Smith, he's in it, but he's not, the, you know, he's not throughout the whole thing. But you know what it is? It is the charisma of Will. It is the charisma of some of the other characters in that movie that make that movie what it is. Uh, yeah, it has the special effects and the big explosions, but it was those quirky type of characters that actually work that made it what it is. The cheesiness of uh, a lot of the characters, like the speech that the um, president gives, those things make the movie work. So this movie doesn't have that. And what it does have is a young man, uh, and I I can't think of the brother's name. I know it's something, Usher. His name, Usher is in his name. And this is the guy they have playing Will Smith's son in the movie. Did they did they explain his absence? Yes. Okay. Uh-oh. Let me say, I feel bad for this young man because he's probably a good actor. I haven't seen him in anything else before, but in this, he gets the ultimate L, and, and, it, and it could be a career L because they have him propped up to basically be the new Will Smith, and he's not. Like he ain't nowhere near Will Smith's level, charisma, screen presence. This guy is bland, dull, and it's because he has his job is to sort of emulate Will, and you ain't ain't that ain't it, nigga. Like you don't have it. 
You, you know what I mean? It'd be like if somebody yeah. says, you got to go play Prince. Maybe would be like... Well, you know, I <laughs> wonder, from what I've seen just from the brief trailer, I wonder if, if the script was written, you know, with for Will, you know, and they just, when Will said, no, nah, I'm good, they just basically, oh, let's just keep the character the same. Let's just make it a son and keep all of the dialogue and, and, and stuff the same. I wonder it's, if, if... It's quite if possible. It's quite possible. Well, uh, the fact that they're using it as his son is just pretty lame. Well, well, see, the thing is, if you had, yeah, I'm saying, if you had a person who has that thing about them, they can run through this. They would have, they would have came out of this and carried this shit on their back, just as Will and even uh, what's some other guy? He's in this movie. Um, you know, he's toxic. Uh, uh, what is this? What's his name? The scientist dude. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Even in the original one, he's doing his Jeff Goldblum things, but I mean, it works. But in this one, he's not even really doing it. And you can tell it's like, ah, something is off about this, man. So anyway, I'm saying the movie starts to fall apart because of you're trying. You, you need that person to, to anchor a movie like this, to give it that gravitas, if you will. And it doesn't have that. They actually have two characters to try and fit that Will Smith character. One who was supposed to be the offspring or not even offspring. He was a da- that was baby. That wasn't even his baby dad. Right, he was. Well, uh, Vivica Fox already had the baby before. Right. So, and Vivica Fox. <laughs> I'm not mad at Vivica. She got her check. Gotta get paid. Go ahead and get your check. And then they had another guy. I can't think of his name right now. He's another hot shot pilot dude. He was the same thing. Just say he was white. I was like, yo, you have two of them. All right, they both fall flat. Uh. The premise of the let me give you the premise of the movie real quick. If there is a premise, <laughs> it's been 20 years <laughs> since the first one. And the tone of this movie is different because now we are in this is a this is a science fiction movie. The other one was like a real world, you know, it's Earth and what happens is some aliens attack. But this is awesome. Like Star Trek, you know, they got the, the ships that are flying and they can just go into space. They got space base. Uh, people on the moon. It looked like some sci-fi channel movie. I was like, okay. Now, uh, again, a part of me, I'm into that. I'm like, wow, okay. This is awesome shit here. This is totally different. You know, the world uh, obviously knows what's going on. So what happens is, I'm all over the place. Because movies all over the place. Uh, essentially, it's 20 years later. It's, the, it's July 4th again. And they're going to celebrate, you know, 20 years later. You know, we've come this far. We have all this new technology. Uh, there's a female uh, president, uh, the original president from the, the movie. He's an old dude now. Kind of, he seems like he's seen now. He's on drugs or something. Um, his daughter is in the cabinet. You know, of, of the team of people who work for the new president, and she was an ex fighter pilot. Her boy, her boyfriend, is the hotshot pilot who. Something happened that he did something wrong, so he's been relegated to, you know, janitor duty in space or some shit. And then there's Will Smith's son, who is also the hot shot pilot, and he has a rift with the other pilot who has janitor duty because whatever he did somehow almost killed Will Smith's son. But Will Smith's son is the new, you know, kind of like Rhodes from (laughs) the Avengers. He's, you know, he's that top, top guy that they pin everything on now. 
And they explain Will Smith that there's a shot of Will Smith in the movie. Uh, he's got a picture in the White House of Will Smith, and he's posing like he's Captain America. And the president's like, "Your dad's gonna, your dad would have been real proud of you. Uh, you know, he died on a test flight." I was like, "Okay, oh, that's some bullshit." <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and he's like, and they're giving him a medal, but for what I don't know what the fuck he was getting the medal for. But they're like, "We're glad to have you here, or whatever." And uh, he's got to go do. He's going to go take his fighter squadron and they're going to fly to the moon to do acrobatics, I guess, for the celebration. It does not make any fucking sense. And the original president, he's just laying in the bed that day and he has a vision. I, I guess remember in the, the original movie, he got like connected to them to tele, telepathy or some shit. Yeah. So he has this vision like, oh, they're coming. They're coming. I'm like, okay. Sure. Uh, so we get to, I'm just setting it up. I, this is not really spoilers. This is set up. You could kind of get this from the, the trailers. So it's July 4th. Uh, there is this, uh, spaceship that warps into orbit at the moon. Or just, let's just say that, uh, there's already been some reports that maybe there was uh, the the space space station on Saturn is missing or something, right? They seem to play it off like, oh well, just it's not there no more. Like, oh uh, okay, you want to go investigate? What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, no, nah, just we'll, we'll check it later. So here comes this ship. Oh no, let me back up. There's see, there's, there's, there's elements that could have been great. So there's the scene where the whole United States is having this like celebration and the uh, president is going to sp- is speaking, you know, and there's in front of the White House and there's like hundreds of thousands of people out there, you know, and all these floating ships and all this shit. And the old president from the new movie, the old movie comes up and he staggers up because he's going to speak. Now you can tell like, don't let that nigga get on the mic because he's going to say some shit. You can just look at him and tell there's something wrong with him because he just had his vision, right? But he gets up there, staggers, they're coming. <laughs> and on a better movie, they would have played that where it would look like he's sending the message to the world. Like, yo, we cannot be celebrating. Shit's about to pop off. And the, oh, you know, I'm all, I apologize to you. I just, I just said something out of space. Let me back up a little bit. Let me slow, let me slow down first <laughs> and back up. And let me bring in uh, Aunt Pooh here. I didn't see the notification. Sorry about that. Um. All right, so then we got Aunt Pooh in the building, or he's loading Lee. up. There he is. Sorry, sorry, I, did, I was talking and running my mouth, and I've seen notifications. We're talking about Independence Day, so welcome to the show. Uh, niggas, stay late. Man, <laughs> you don't laugh either, you was late. <laughs> but no, anyway, real quick. Uh, so there's the ship that warps into orbit of the moon. It's some round ball ship, and you don't know what the fuck it is, and people have been seeing visions of round balls and I can get on to that so uh, the earth here's the weird thing everything is still being ran by America like they got the space station with all races and creeds but it's still under the American jurisdiction I just that didn't make any sense to me it's just in the sci-fi world like how, how is America in charge it doesn't make any sense but anyway, there's this thing coming in and the president has all her chiefs of staff and the military guys. And they're like, what should we do? Should we bomb this thing? 
or should we see what it's about first? Now, this ship hasn't attacked or anything, and you and everyone's linked up through this like satellite thing. And Jeff Goldblum's character, he's like, "Yo, we should not shoot at that. We don't know what that is. Don't shoot it." And the other politician type cats is, "No, take it down. We have to strike first. You know, remember when they came twenty years later? We and I can give them a chance. We shoot first and ask questions later." So the president decides shoot the fucking thing down. So they shoot that ship down, actually, and it crashes on the moon. And you're like, okay. He's a sci-fi guy. I'm like, okay, they're doing something stupid, but they, hey, let's, let's just set it off. So the thing crashes, and then Jeff Blobloom was like, uh, we should be investigating this. this. What did we just do? And the president, and this movie is written but for idiots. The president's like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll check it out after the celebration. I'm like, really? Like, you were attacked 20 years ago, barely made it out alive. Here come this ship on the anniversary. You just shot this shit, and it crashes. You don't think that just go, maybe we should look at this shit first before we just let it sit there and attack us? Didn't make any fucking sense. Uh, so you have a lot of things like that that are stupid as fuck that's going on in this movie. You're like, what are they doing? That doesn't make any sense. But I say all that to say, uh, this movie, man, it is horrible, man. Like, the <laughs> characters. And just like, this is like Michael Bay light, but just like 2012 and The World, The Day After Tomorrow, it has all these other characters in the movie that don't make any fucking sense. And they're like, there's too many side characters to keep track of, and you don't care about any of them. So when shit starts to hit the fan, it's just like, so what? Oh, such and such well, yeah, is the first. I was gonna say the first film had that same same problem. My, but my at least you like even like that one funny style dude. Oh, what's going on here? Where's my mother? You know that kind of gay dude in the first one. It, at least you kind of understood a little yeah, bit Clay. about the dude. But this these motherfuckers, none of them even really give a chance to to build even to like that. It's just like they show them, and then it's like, oh. Okay, some shit's popping off. And then once it starts to pop off, you know, in the first movie, it had the tension of the ships kind of looming over. and It's slowly coming. And it's just like a build. And then, you know, all those people were standing in the street and I'm looking at, whoa, what's going on? And then, you know, and it, it didn't have any, like, it was just like, here come the ship. And this time, let me, the ship, it was bigger than the continent of America. Does that make any fucking sense to you? How can this shit be bigger than the continent of America? <laughs> like, just logistic, that don't make no fucking sense, man. It's too, that's too big. You, and you don't have the writers on deck to even explore some shit like that. I, I was just like, it's no even, you can't fight that. How, how you gonna fight that? And it was dumb. And, again, it's just all these annoying little characters who are supposed to be like wisecracking jokes. All the jokes fell flat. <laughs> Here's the one point I will get the movie and we'll move on. They had this black dude. He was a Yapit Koto. Uh, he was the last king of Scotland. He was an African warlord who apparently they throw this in just so happenstance in the movie where I was kind of like baffled. Apparently, Africa had been fighting a 10 year ground war with the aliens and no other country seemed to want to help them out. I'm like, really? And like, and like they still had the ship there. Like there was one surviving of those big giant ships. 
but it was just sitting over Africa, and they just let them niggas fight. And I was like, <laughs> where was America and the rest of the, rest of the world? How, how the fuck are they? So there was still a war going on. Why everyone else had 20 years of peace? Fuck out of here. That make no sense. I'm like, yeah, and they just mentioned that, that just in a real, like, quick way in the beginning of the movie because they have to sort of bring Jeff Goldblum in. I'm like, where story was this at? And then I come to find out it was apparently it's a book, I guess. I was like, fuck out of here. But, you know, the black dudes, his stereotypical African warlord type dudes. But this brother, he had machetes that he would carry. And, you know, he was a badass because he could just fight the aliens, you know, with his hands. And he would, you have to sneak up behind them and tell the truth. Oh, you didn't say that, bro, but this. And then, of course, they had the white dude that just kept following them around. Yuppie type cat. And, you know, they have to explain how do you get the African warlord and all these like weirdo characters to get on the spaceship and be a part of the grand scheme of the all over the fucking place, man. And the movie, if they have a sequel, the direction that they just pushed the end of this movie is, it'll literally be Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's going to be Star Wars. And if you can accept that, uh, you, you might like that. But uh, This movie was horrible, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to at least be fun. It's not even... There's just no tension in it, and then it just ends, and you're just like, uh, okay. Well, hold on, hold on. How old was Will Smith, the son, how old was he in the first movie? In the first one, he's like a little kid. Well, like four or five? He must have six, been seven? six or something like that. He looked like he's like 26 in this, 25. Okay, <clears throat> okay. Vivica Fox. This, okay, spoilers at this point. <laughs> No one's saying. No one's going yeah, to see it. Spoiler Fox's, Fox's character, she is now like a doctor. So, hey, she went from hoeing. Or not, she wasn't a hoe. Let me, let me correct. She was a stripper. I guess she was she li- stri- yeah, literally she was stripping and going to college, I guess. if you. Yeah. <laughs> so now she's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they try to show her scene like when the shit hits the fan, right? Alien. Now, keep in mind, this ship is the size, is bigger than the continent of America. So, I don't know where people thought they was going to be evacuating to. No shit. Uh, and plus, the ship was so big, it had its own gravity. So it was just lifting everybody off the ground. So it was just destroying everything. There's no running from this. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. It was people complaining about Batman or Superman or Superman, Man of Steel. This fuck out of here. This movie is awesome. A whole other shit. But his mom's at the hospital and some woman just had a baby, I guess. And everyone else was like, fuck, I'm running out. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to save you. So she grabs the lady with the baby, and they're running to the roof of the building. Coincidentally, her son, who was at the moon, like, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, the space battle, he <laughs> fly, he leaves his peoples and goes, flies down to Earth. I got to do something. Okay. Uh, goes to the city where she's at. H- how he triangulates from the moon and then flies down to earth and then gets to this it don't make any fucking sense. it's on some star wars logic he gets to the city where she's at you know and she's hitting the fan and he orders a helicopter to stop at that roof and pick up those people i was like wow it's just great timing they get the baby take the baby you know handing the baby off to the helicopter dude and then the mother gets in the plane and then of course the building starts to fall apart 
and Vivica like grab my hand and they just let her fall and and she's dead and and you, I guess it's supposed to like make the Will Smith son character be like no you know ah, I gotta get but you don't even care like Vivica's literally in the movie like two minutes and I was like oh his mom died that's fucked up oh well too bad <laughs> like it, it didn't even matter. Like it was, I was like, why would they do it like that? At least she was a legacy character. At least you give her a little something to do first. They just took her out quick. And I was like, ah, well, whatever. And the whole movie is like that. And then and, and then the other part of this movie is like everyone when they shoot guns, ah, you know, they do that whole ah, like everyone does that. Why are these niggas screaming? Like I can imagine the one dude is like that, but not everybody it was, it was so corny you know what it is that the director what's his name roland rome emmerich. emmerich he he his time is done he is an old style cat and he's if this movie had came back maybe in 2000 but now it's like uh i hate to say it, it's kind of like with uh when spike lee did uh and i kind of like the movie but what was that movie? I know you hated it, Sean. Um, Chirac. Chirac? It's kind of like okay. past this prime. It's like an old dude trying to do something hip. And it was like, wow. he's making a 90s movie in 2016. And after all the shit that we done seen, that shit ain't going to fly. Like, the, the, the way you're doing the movie, it ain't going to work. Like, all the little corny sayings and the characters and stuff. And everyone got a one-liner. Everyone, ah! That was back in the eighties, fam. Like two thousand sixteen, this shit ain't gonna work. I, I guarantee this movie will flop like a motherfucker. Like it, there's no way this movie. It's and it's not. And as I say, with Michael Bay, at least he knows how to make the movie at least for today's audience. It could be on complete bullshit story, but at least the look of it and expectable spectacle and pacing will keep you. But this dude is strictly still in the nineties, and it just ain't gonna work, man. Uh, I'm sorry to say this movie was trash, mm. and I wanted to like it. Like I was like, well, well, I, I got the sense that it was that it was heading in that direction, especially with the the no screening because I would have gone at they at they screened it. Um, that's that's always always the bad sign, the studio, especially a movie like this. This is the you know big you know summer blockbuster I'm using air quotes uh you know extravaganza and and they don't want the, even the critics to see it and even even their um tv ads had no you know no quotes no you know oh everybody all right yeah we just got joined by my man simbarash i don't know you're staying in harlem they're not shooting over there are they <laughs> you heard about that right <laughs> but anyway What's go ahead the same- Oh no no no! Sorry, uh, are you talking to me, Mike? Yeah, hold are on, you? hold on for a second. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Sean. Oh no, but I was just you know saying yeah. I mean, when a studio is that afraid of a movie, then they they know they've got a they've got a turd on their hands. Um, I was actually at the movies yesterday, and upon leaving, I was expecting maybe to at least see a line. You know, you know, back in the day, you would always see lines. You know, for big big summer movies, I walked out. It was no one. <laughs> no one's nah. sitting outside waiting to even waiting to go in. So yeah, twenty years and, too late, man. 20, yeah, if I, go ahead. I was going to say I don't know why or you know why will pass. Maybe you know. Maybe oh, he, he read, read that it. script. 
<laughs> say, I'm good. Thank you. But. And, and, all, and I was saying, you know what? And I, and it goes to show the power of Will Smith because, like I said, uh, this movie, you can tell, like, without a guy like him in this, it just it's it, it has to stand on the special effects and and shit we've already seen before, and there's no real story, there's no charismatic cat in the movie, it's 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 a wash. And I think that's why I said Will Smith, he's sitting back laughing right now. <laughs> I'm up. Oh, After Earth? Ha! <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did it work out for you? Uh, so yeah, he probably was like, he probably read that script and was like, yeah, y'all not fucking up my career anymore. Then, like, he probably was like, you know what? Pay me five million. Knowing they wouldn't gonna pay it, but that way he could just say, well, see, you, you couldn't afford me. Uh, sorry, sorry, fellas. Yeah, they they needed his ass bad. It'd have been like if someone said we're gonna do Beverly Hills Cop four. Starring another guy as the Eddie Murphy's. He's playing Eddie Murphy's son. Well, isn't isn't that what that, they did with the TV show, right? Yeah, they did yeah, that. They, it's the same type of Horrible. Yeah, it never did anything. And they did the same thing with Coming to America. Oh. Devin Hart. Yeah, that would I'm be terrible. Like, and that's the thing. If you don't have a guy who has that sort of star power charisma, this movie. And, this is, and then when you put a guy in there to do it specifically and he doesn't. That's why I said for that brother who's playing, man, I'm, I don't like to say a bad thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to salute you for at least getting that check, but you need to get your, you need to get slapped for that. Like that, that, that's shoddy dog. Like, damn, you fucked up on that one. But anyway, hey, it is what it is. Independence Day from my sci-fi cats. I'm going to say, like I always say, go see it. There are elements in there that I will say like, okay. This could go a different direction. This might be cool, but they fuck it all off. And you know what? Last thing I'll say. This movie is actually an anime on the big screen. It is written just like a fucking Japanese anime. But it's just that it's horrible. <laughs> but it's the same. Sh- I was kind of like, they just need to go ahead and make Robotech uh, Star Blazers because this is exactly, even the characters are exactly straight out of, of anime. I don't know if they did that on purpose. But for those who know that genre, you'll see all the tropes and you'll be like, damn, why didn't they just do it right? But anyway. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you think an anime like Robotech would translate to the big screen in live action format? I, well, looking at this, visually it could. But just like with anything, you do have to have a story. So, yeah, I think it will work. Actually, I think they are making a, I want to say Justin Lin or something is attached to that. Um, I don't know if how strong they're pushing forward with that, but there is an anime movie in development. I mean, a Robotech in development. Um, all right. We'll, stayed on that longer than I really should have. Uh, I want to get into this other new movie that came out. I really wanted to see it. I planned to go see it right after Independence Day, but I was so worn out from Independence Day. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't see anything else. But The Shallows. Uh, this is a new shark movie uh, that... Is getting some attention. Sean here, I know you saw this movie. Tell us about it. Uh, okay, so it's uh, essentially a one-person uh, film, much like uh, it, it, Gravity or or uh, Castaway or you know stuff like that. Um, Blake Lively, who is I believe is Ryan Reynolds' uh, wife, she plays a, a young lady who is going to find this. Um, peaceful surfing spot that her mom used to always surf at and she just you know wants to kind of reconnect and her mom's passed and so she wants to you know 
following her footsteps to do this thing. So she goes to the secret beach. She's surfing. These other two guys are out there surfing with her, and then they end up leaving. She wants to stay out a little bit longer. And, of course, there, as Mike said, there's a shark in the waters as well and attacks her. And then the rest of the movie is just her trying to uh, figure out how to get back to shore and how to uh, survive uh, the shark. And uh, this is probably one of the best films of the year. Uh, it's uh, really intense. There's a couple of legitimate uh, jump scares, and they even one of them even got me. And I was like, "Damn it! <laughs> I know how these things work, and it even got me." Um, there isn't much in the way of, of character development because, um, again, we've only got one person on the screen for about ninety percent of the film, uh, and it only runs an hour and twenty minutes. So it's it's lean, it's compact, uh, but it is definitely one of what I call a, a white knuckle thriller or bruise form movie. If you take a date, why it got to be white knuckle? No, well. <laughs> so it's it's part Jaws, part uh, Open Water. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Ooh, one. But I hated it, it, that movie. You didn't like Open Water? <laughs> Too slow for me, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but it it owes more to Gravity also than uh, than okay. those two films. Also, uh, there's really you know not much else to really say about it other than again, I it's it's excellent. Um, the CGI shark doesn't look you know fake and you know. The only part, only problem I had with the film is the ending. Uh, how she survives the shark is is kind of unclear to me. And I actually uh, spoke to a critic who saw it with me that that night. He was like, "Yeah, I didn't get that either." But uh, other than that, you can't go wrong with this. Again, it's it's hour and twenty minutes. Um, it it gets in. It makes its point. Um, they did do one thing too. I didn't like. They kind of they showed footage at the beginning that would appear later. Um, and I thought it was going to be one of those um, found footage type films. When it started, I was like, God, no, please don't let this be a found footage movie. You know what would have been cold-blooded? If it was a found footage movie from the po- point of view of the shark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm a, yeah, drop your leg in there, bitch. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some Go GoPro footage uh, at the start of the film, and so I'm thinking, oh lord, it's going to be one of those. Because of course, I don't watch trailers, so I don't. I would have known, and I would have skipped it. It had been a uh, had been a found footage movie. But yeah, I would. I gave this one a four out of four stars. Uh, definitely one of the best films of the year, and and the best film of the summer so far. Which is <laughs> something else. I, I wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this movie is the best movie of the summer. Yes. Better than well, Civil War? So I don't consider uh because uh Civil War came out in early May. Summer officially summer movie season starts. Uh, yeah. uh We're Memorial Day game. weekend. Okay. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> so and the, and that's what I was gonna say. There have not there hasn't been uh any great summer movies. I mean I guess X Men, but it opened Memorial Day weekend. I know you guys hated it. I liked it, uh, but there really hasn't been anything else that you think you know. Summer, you would think you know Civil War or you know even you know BVS, but that came out what March. Uh, but we you know we've had uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but that was horrible. Uh, the Conjuring Two, uh, Now You See Me Two, Warcraft, Central Intelligence, but these aren't you know summer movies. I guess maybe everyone was afraid of Independence Day. But, you know, now that it's, you know, completely flopped, maybe they, you know, no one should have been afraid of it. But, you know, I could see why they were, everyone was putting their movies around that. But it just seems, you know, weird now. Summer is starting, you know, next, probably next year, what, the summer movies will start in March, which I guess they did this year because of 
Batman versus Superman. But yes, this movie is the best movie of the summer so far. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to definitely check it out. Uh, it looks like a good genre type of movie. Uh, you know, like I've been saying on Facebook, man, and this is a timely movie. You know, humans have been greenlit. This, that's the new genre. Humans have been greenlit. So animal movies, <laughs> you know, they're attacking people. Uh, hey, I'm all into it. I, I want to know how she does get out of that situation because it looked like that shark was ready. How you say it, Sean? I had to ask you, Sean. How you say it? That shark was on fleek. <laughs> oh lord <laughs> but anyway uh yeah i'm definitely check that out shallows yeah, yeah. um all right we're gonna shift gears a little bit because it's wait, like, wait mike mike yes mike. sir before you shift gears i think we need to w- welcome our new sponsor we have a new sponsor today all the way from hawaii spam for those of you who like spam get a can it can't hurt move on <laughs> man <laughs> oh, st- stick to law stick to law <laughs> no I'm going to be hearing it later on <laughs> Woo! alright uh, thank you for that sir uh, but what I do want to do is shift gears we got a special guest I think he's been on the shows before I know he has Simbarash sir how are you Good. How are you guys? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Wait, get, get, yeah, get a little closer to the mic, if you can. Uh, Put it on your is mouth. It, uh, is it? Uh, am I too too far away? Uh, you, you sound good there. You sound good. Right? Okay. Pause. Um, but yeah, man, what I wanted to talk about with Simbra, we had a conversation earlier this week, uh, just about uh, this is a great like place in this world type of thing. And I really wanted to spotlight what you got going on because it just, to me, it shows how you can go from one thing and be like on a whole other trajectory doing something that you may or may not even saw yourself doing. Um, I'll start off with this. I, I know Sim Barash from years ago. Um, you, you know, listening to the podcast, I think we just met our mutual uh, love for some Prince music. And I know at the time you were like in a band or you were kind of starting up a band doing music, right? Yep. And also you had expressed interest or that you were writing a book, a novel at the time. Uh, uh, also correct. Yep. Yeah. And I think you had, <laughs> you had two books, if I'm not mistaken, right? Was it two? Also correct. Yes. yes. Uh, you even bless me, man. You had, you know how the books I have like, uh, you know. This person says this about the book. I forget what the terminology is for that. Blurs, blurs, yeah. But yeah, blurs. You had you had one of my blurs on the book, and I still had that book to, to this day. I thought that was cool. And I think at the time too, you, you know, I don't get into your personal thing, but you uh, working at a bank, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm yes. getting all into you. during the getting during the Great uh, Recession. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I want to talk about the journey because I want to tell the people, like, what do you do right now? What is your, you know, what's your job or what is it that you do to make a living? Oh, geez. Um, so I am a professional photographer. Uh, specifically, I shoot uh, fashion. I shoot uh, fashion for some really well-known brands. Um and aside from that, I guess the most uh, 
accurate way that you can describe what I do is like I document people, basically. I document people in clothes or people wearing clothes. <laughs> right. so, so you're a fashion you, photographer. You, 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 they fly, you flying all over the world. You're at the different, uh, you do a lot of the fashion shows. Is that fair to say? Yep. You're different yep. fashion shows. So literally, you're getting paid to take pictures of models. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Okay. That's, Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's more to it than that. But that's a far cry from working at the bank. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. what I wanted to really get into real quickly here is what was that transition? How does it how does one go from, you know, doing a, a, a nine to five job to be flying all over the all over the world, right? Taking pictures. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, again, you're doing something that, you know, highly skilled. You, you know, everyone doesn't get opportunity to do these types of things. It's like somebody saying, man, you get to pl- you get played millions of dollars to fucking shoot a ball through a hoop. Like the. Yeah. You think about that. You getting paid to play a game or you getting paid to do this. So I'm just I want to really show the people like, yo, how did you go from working there? You did the books. You tried the books. You was doing music. And I know, you know, get into your business. It was something going on in your personal life that really brought you, you know, to, you know, fair to say a low point uh, in, in your personal situation. What was it that took you? Well, how did you get started doing the photography thing? And when did that first start, you know, coming off of those other pieces that you were doing? Uh, okay. Um, I just want to make sure before I start talking, you guys can hear me okay, yeah? Perfect. Okay, fabulous. Um, so I guess it should be fair to say that, you know, probably like uh, a few other people here, uh, I've always sort of considered myself an artistic person. Um, and I know while there are many different avenues of pursuing art, for me, the thing that I really loved since the time that I was a kid was was telling stories. So. You know, I was born in 79 and like my first sort of exposure to art were like Steven Spielberg films like E.T. And, you know, I saw stuff like that and I was just like, I want to make I want to tell stories like that. And sort of the visual medium of doing that was kind of how I thought, you know, was the most exciting way to get that done. So I grew up as a kid, as a teenager. All I wanted to do was like make movies and through college like that didn't work out. And then I was like, well, how else can I tell stories? And at that particular point, I started writing. And that's when I started. That's how that whole writing books thing came about. Because I just needed to find another more practical way to tell stories. Um, So fast forward, uh, I believe it was like 2009, 2010. um, I had just moved to New York with, uh, with my then wife. And we... It was just right on my tail. Simbarash, is that the TV or is that the people in the background? Um, I don't know. Let me double check. Tell them to shut the fuck up. Second. Because <laughs> we can't hear you right, man. So whilst he's doing that check-in, listen, the moral of what he's going to be talking about is that, man, if you you might not even see certain things in your life, they might be in front of you the whole time. But those might be the things you can try out. That's that might be actually what 
you know, God or whatever put in front of you, like, yo, you spo- this is what I got for you to do, not what you, you know, you're doing this and that. Maybe it's this thing I got in front of you, been in front of you the whole time that you just never saw yourself doing, but you can do. Simbarash, are you there? I'm back. Okay. Yeah. Is it better? Sounds a lot better. I hate to be like that, but I just want to make sure the listeners can Oh, no, no, here. no. I can't. I don't know what you're picking up, so just let me know. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so... Um, so I, I was kind of just going through like that whole thing of like, you know, relationship falling apart and stuff. And, and I remember we had a conversation on the phone. I think maybe you just decided to like reach out. It's just like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do at this particular point. And you had said something that was really, um, that was really lasting. You were, you were like, you know, I can tell you just through, you know, similar experiences that, um, just know that like it gets better, right. No matter how bad things look. And And, and to keep it 100, it was a divorce situation. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, in thinking about it getting better, I, I had to kind of sit there and figure out what the it part was, right? It, it was like everything, you know, like the economy sucked. And even though I had a job, um, you know, I wasn't working many hours. It wasn't like full-time work. I was barely paying bills. Um, you know, our whole food budget was like literally PB&J and hot dogs, right? For like two years, two years, just hot dogs for two Struggle meal, I got it. <laughs> yeah, so at the time, I had just gotten, it was right around the time when like, um, I think BlackBerry and, and a few other of those uh, phone companies had just started installing um, like cameras in their phones. So it was all still real primitive. You know, this is before real modern social media. This is before um, like phone apps or anything like that. I didn't really own a camera or anything, but I had this the cell phone that had a, a camera on it, and it was interesting because it was really crappy, but at the same time, when it took pictures, like it didn't really look like anything that I was used to seeing out of like proper cameras. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of, you know, thinking just as kind of a, a hobby, really. It's just, well, let me just walk around and take a whole bunch of pictures with this and really try to figure out this little device, and even though it doesn't take anything professional quality or anything close to it. Maybe if I figure out its true limitations, I can work around that and, you know, come up with things that are, that are kind of interesting. So at the time that that was really the only thing that was on my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, during that point, um, you know, moving out on my own and everything, I, I got another job, uh, working for this camera retailer out in Brooklyn and they sold, uh, most of their inventory through Amazon. And my job there was uh, to coordinate all of like the customer complaints and sort of liaise between the customer and Amazon. And Amazon would have to decide whether or not to refund customers. Right. So it was basically my job to make sure people didn't get refunded. <laughs> and I did that job for like three years. And maybe after like two years when I'm sitting by myself just kind of thinking, well, all right, I'm in my 30s now. Like I tried writing that didn't work out. I tried music that didn't work out. Like nothing really worked out. Do I really want to just work like 
a job that nobody cares about or that I don't care about for the rest of my life? Or do I want to like try one more time to like really put something together and, and go out and just kind of hammer it? I think right around that time you were doing these like little podcast series on like, uh, that might've been right around the time when you started talking about like working it as a job. You were sort of talking about how you wanted to make the transition to podcasting full time and how, you know, even if you didn't have like the best equipment or whatever, you just had to like kind of go out there and do it. Right. right. So I'm figuring out how to sort of apply that to my life situation. And it just sort of occurred to me that, you know, between taking thousands and thousands of pictures with my phone and working for this camera retailer that I actually knew a hell of a lot more about photography than I realized. And the only thing that was really missing from the equation of me perhaps taking any sort of quality photos was the fact that I, I still didn't own a camera. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy a camera. And then I did. And, um, I remember the first day I had my camera, I called my ex and I was like, hey, can I do portraits of you? And she was like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> but the, the photos turned out really great. And just from that, I just kind of had this this appetite of, you know, just sort of walking around the city, going out and um, meeting just random, random strangers and just asking them to take take portraits of them, you know. And you were taking these pictures on the street, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to push your head just a little bit. And so you end up creating a blog to to post these pictures to. What was the name of the blog? Lord Ashbury. Lord Ashbury. I remember when you created the blog. I remember like just, I started to see the posts. Then you were starting to hit on Facebook, too. And, and yeah. that's how I'd be thinking real quick. I'd be like, oh, my man is starting to come. Oh, what? He's doing po- Oh nah, uh-uh. I, I had to jump into my like my man on uh, what's that movie? Uh, Belly. He's, Mm-mm, I don't like that shit. But it was, <laughs> but it was in a good way. I'm like, oh, he getting he's getting it in. Let me get busy. You know what I'm saying? So I, it was motivating me to see you do your thing. It was just pushing me like, oh, okay, I can't slip up either, man. Let's let's put in this work. Turn the mic on. So, but anyway, so you started a blog. Yeah, I actually started the blog before I started doing the portraits. Um, I started the blog just because I bought the camera and I realized that like the camera is pretty expensive. And if I didn't want it to be a wasted investment, I needed to like have something that sort of kept me honest about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I bought this camera. I'm going to take photos. So if I have a blog, I have something that I can just keep posting work to. That'll just keep me sort of motivated to, to keep shooting, I guess. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, a friend of mine, maybe I had the blog for like two months, and a friend of mine said, hey, maybe we should go and stand outside of the fashion shows during New York Fashion Week. You'll have some fashionable people to take photos of, and maybe you'll have something cool to write about on your blog. And I was like, all right. And we did that, and then I just kind of never looked back at that point. Once you know, I saw these, these guys walking around in suits and these women like walking around in these outfits that were like, just craziest things I'd ever seen, you know, and all of that color and all of that design and all of that sort of personal flair, it, it was really, really stimulating in a way that like the very next week, quite literally that Monday, um, I was just like, I'm just going to walk around New York city until I find someone else who looks like that and take their photo. How does it go from you doing this blog to you getting checks? Like what, how, how did, how did you get introduced into the people that said, yo, I want to hire you? 
The main thing, the, the, the big, big thing that sort of started that cycle or that process, um, I was reading this book. Uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. You mentioned it a lot of times, yes. Yeah. A thousand so, hours, man. 10,000 hours. Yeah, the 10,000 hours. Yeah. So I was actually, when I read that thing about the 10,000 hours, I was thinking of like Michael Jordan and Prince and mm-hmm. like all of these cats who just really perfected their craft. And I'd probably been shooting at that point for like six weeks around the city, putting a lot of hours into it. And I just kind of pulled out my calculator and said, okay, well, at this rate that I'm already shooting, like how long will it take me to hit 10,000 hours? I thought it would be like 20 years. And it turned out to be like six and a half years. And I was like, well, wait a minute, this is totally attainable. (laughs) So my thought before I ever thought about actually getting a job doing this was, was really just like, if I put in 10,000 hours, there's a very good possibility that maybe I could just be like one of the very best people in the world doing this type of photography. Right. So that was my main initial motivation. Wasn't necessarily getting jobs. It was just being the best. Like if on the internet, people just kind of thought, Oh, he's really good at like doing this specific thing. Like that was good enough for me at the time. Okay. Uh, how the jobs thing happened. Um, the next fashion week season, which was like later on that year in September came around and I was still working at this camera place. Um, I got the fashion week calendar in New York, London, Paris, and just found all of the PR like email addresses for every single designer, which was probably like 200 or so. And, uh, I think my girlfriend and I, we spent like an entire weekend just emailing every single designer saying, Hey, you don't know me. I'm a nobody. I have a blog. Here are my pictures. If you like them, can I come to your show and take pictures and blog about it? We emailed everybody and like one designer in in London said, okay, sure. Come by. And because of that, I bought a ticket, like a three-way ticket to like all the cities. And I was just standing outside the shows, taking photos of everybody, went to that one show because it was like validation that I, that I sort of belonged in industry, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the next season, the next year, um, I was getting a lot more invitations just based off of like that work. Wow. So. And now that's you, you getting offers, I guess, all the time to, hey, we need to come do this over here, do this over there. Uh, and, and when you started in 2010? 2012. 2012, and it's now 2016. Yeah, four years. That's actually a pretty short amount of time to do things like, you know, normally it takes, a little, but again, your your true story started back with, you know, you started the music, you did the, the, the novels, you're always sort of in the art base. So it's mm-hmm. a long road, but you sort of found your way. I, here's the part I loved about what you're saying. It reminds me of hip hop. You were saying like you had a camera phone, <laughs> right? <laughs> That'd be like, nigga, we didn't have instruments. We had Mama and them's record, record player. But we're yeah. going to do some music. We're going to still turn the party out. We may not be able to play, but we're going to play these damn fucking vinyls. We're going to make a way. And that's the same thing you did. So, well, I ain't got the top of the line equipment, but I can take a picture on this phone and put my stank on it and make it be something great and then just transition and keep going. You put your own money where your mouth is. You bought your own camera. You you put the onus on yourself. Well, let me make this blog and force myself down there. This, this is a business. Like I, I'm not buying this to be taking twerk pictures. 
you know, I'm, 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 you know, you know how some of us get to do. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna be in the club, nigga, and take pictures. And, no, you put the honest on yourself. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, because I this is kind of important. So, like, you know, for three years that I was going to all of the the different fashion week shows um, in the different cities, you know, everyone, everyone just sees the photos, right? So they don't really know what the work is behind it and what sort of the dedication and investment is behind it. But, you know, from that first season that I went to, to London and Paris and every subsequent, every subsequent season, like I paid my own way. So there would be years like quite literally where I didn't buy anything. I didn't take any vacation because I knew that like, that one month in September, that one month in February would be like a three to $5,000 personal investment. No guarantee that I would get any work out of it, but it was just like, I just need to be there. I just need to like crush it as hard as possible. And then when I would come home, hopefully if I did a good enough job, like the phone would ring. Mm. And there would be some seasons where like the phone would ring incessantly after I got home. And there would be some seasons where like nobody called, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a really dangerous prop for, for a lot of people just thinking like, well, I can't spend like my whole life savings or whatever to, to even try to do this. But in my specific case, I just, I just knew that for me personally, like I so adamantly loathed my, my life circumstance otherwise. Like I, I so hated working for other people mm. who like didn't see me as being as valuable as I thought I was. Um, I hated the idea of having an income cap, just being right, right. where no matter how hard I work, maybe I get a 6% raise, maybe. Like, those things bothered me so much that it was like, you were sick you know, and tired. <laughs> I, I was sick and tired, but I, I had actually made up my mind, like, very seriously that I was just going to do this until either I succeeded or went homeless. Like, those are my options. I was not going to bail before that. Get rich or die trying. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, that's so that's, that's what I really want to say is like the most important thing is just like, like if you like really to make it, like, I know like you have to put in the work, but you have to be just so, so dedicated. Yeah. You got to believe in it. You got to have faith. You got to, uh, it's a really entrepreneurial spirit you're talking about, but with a lot of us, myself included, is that fear of failure. What happens if it don't work? And you kind of to the point where there's really no other option. It's either it's going to work. Or I'm going to just, my last day, I'm going to do it until it do work. And so, yeah, you took your own money, your own time. Like you see, you, you forego, you said you forego vac- vacations, whatever. But, you know, at the same time, a lot of we were spending money on video games or buying this and buying that. Still spending the money somewhere. You just said, I'm spend it on my shit to build up my empire brand or whatever you're doing. And I'm just learning from what you're talking about, listening. I hope other people are hearing that, you know, my man is not like he wasn't gifted from like old uncle didn't leave him some money or, oh, he had it easy. Ah, my man, he's he just told you he was struggling pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and hot dogs, homie. Like, For two years. <laughs> no joke. I do not miss college. <laughs> <laughs> So there's, you know, there's no, not even it's college. You know, I was 28, 29 years old, like, like, which was part of the reason why the relationship sort of fell apart. Because you know, she just woke up one day. She's like, "Why are we living like this? This is bullshit." Mm. I was like, yeah, mm. yeah right. It's That's bullshit. a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> 
Yes, but, sir. You understand. You understand. Oh, I, sadly, I understand double time. But yeah, man. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna, listen, you just hang around if you like and get in the conversation. But I really want to thank you, man, for coming on here, sharing just even a little bit of, you know, your story and stuff and just continued success, man. Keep doing what you're doing. You motivate me. So please keep on doing it. I want to see you up there. Uh, I want to see one of them things. I'm, oh, he's sitting over there with, with Kanye and Kim and them. Oh, that, man, that's Simba. I'm like, this nigga, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not, he ain't shit. I can take pictures. No, I'm just joking. But nah, man. Uh, you know, I've already, I've already done his portrait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, let me bow down. Excuse me, sir. Well, you know, Sam, <laughs> since we're here on the air, uh, and I've said this to you in Facebook uh, on a couple of posts, you know, you know, you, uh, you creative photography cats need your personal counsel with you at these Victoria's Secret shoots. <laughs> and yeah, I would not be doing my job as your attorney's voice if I don't accompany you to these Victoria's Secret shoots to make sure everything is as it should be. Up and up. I will take it upon myself to fly myself to New York just to be there to look out for your best interest. There you go, man. You don't you um, love the networking? We're going to make it happen. <laughs> I don't know how, but we're going to make it happen. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, man. Shout out to Shimbarash. Shimbarash. What, what is your name? I always wanted to ask you, what is that? What is your name? Is it, is it meaning behind that? Or? Uh, yeah, actually, it's uh, it's a Shona, which is a, it's a Southern African um, ethnicity, ethnic uh, tribe, if you will. Okay. I try not to use that word, but, you know, um, it means uh, it means strength of God. Nice. So where where see, I don't make the whole show, but where are you from, man? Like where were you born? I was born in Southern California. Where did you grow up? Uh, oh man, I was all over the place. Uh so I started out my little life in Southern California. Okay. Uh I lived in Texas, I lived in England. Um when I was in high school I was in the Midwest. I was in Kansas City for a while and then okay. I graduated high school in Albuquerque, New Mexico, of all places. Wow, you the family in the military or something? Uh, no, but I'm, my they went on a run. Or no, well, not well, not quite. <laughs> my, my father was uh, he was a diplomat for uh, Robert Mugabe in Zimbabwe for like fifteen oh, years. Shit. Okay, and so nice. while he was doing that, my mother was mostly sort of shuffling me around because. For whatever reason, I think she was afraid that like Africans would just come and steal me. So, wow. so it wasn't quite military, but it was certainly, certainly not quite on the run, but certainly just kind of like you know precautionary moves. Um, okay, Jason Bourne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Sam, didn't you yeah. go to Stanford? I did. See, right there, that's what impressed the hell out of me. You are a Stanford man. That is so cool. <laughs> Renaissance cat. cat. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, giving a, a call out to. Where's my guy, Aunt Pooh? Are you here, sir? You're very quiet. Aunt Pooh, are you in the building? Maybe your mic is off. I'm not sure. Aunt Pooh to the white courtesy phone. Okay. Well, maybe he's not in here. He's in here, but I don't know. He's stepped away or something. He's watching. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Talking shit about you. I know you heard that. One. <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it. 
Okay. Uh, well, hey, you jump in. Um, I wanted to go back to uh, some movie stuff for a minute here. Um, Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers. They uh, ha- uh, did a. They, excuse me. They had a set visit uh, for the Justice League a few weeks ago, and normally when they do the, I mean, I, a lot of times they'll do these for these movies. I know Marvel does this quite a bit. I don't think. I'm not sure if of, of DC Warner Brothers did this for Batman v Superman, uh, but they definitely are doing this for Justice League. And usually when they do these set visits, they say that, hey, you know what? You can't talk about what you've seen here until really like a few months before the movie comes out. So, you know, a lot of times these journalists have to sit on this stuff for months. But this time they just said, no, you go right on back out there and, and talk it out, you know. Um, so they allowed the... And they, uh, I noticed that a lot of the guys that they invited were some of their harshest critics to Batman v Superman. Uh, so they invited these guys in to the set. They got to see, um, actually, they got to see them filming scenes of the movie. Uh, I think specifically they saw the first day that, uh, what's my guys from that movie, uh, Whiplash? What was the guy's name? Oh, Miles Teller. No, no, or the, other, the other guy. Oh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. They saw his first day on set as Commissioner Gordon. They say he killed it. Um, they uh, got to talk to Ben Affleck in full-on Batman costume. <laughs> Just walked up to him, did an interview, and then they got to see a couple other scenes from the movie. But and we'll go over some of the stuff. But it looks like everyone sort of came back like, "Yo," you know. You can see the tone sort of changed and i'm talking about the tone in terms of the sort of geek movie journalists push on it was like you know what they're turning this thing you know this might this is gonna be good or you know what i mean it's not they're not going in as they were with B- B- batman v superman and i kind of tip my hat to Warner brothers because i see what they did here <laughs> it was like oh we're gonna turn this around and get these guys on our side and i think the easiest way to do that is just fucking invite them to the set you know a lot of these guys are geeked out and they would love to be able to sit there. You know what I mean? Just like with anything else, if you, you know, if you was a dude, if you were a prince or something and, and you just say, tell that girl to come over here. And of course, she's going to be singing your praise. She's sprung. So they came. I, I think that they did. Is they turned the press. They used the press's own game against them and got them excited because they were there and now sort of have spun the story where actually Justice League's going to be all right. It's not going to be you know, horrible like Batman v Superman. And I noticed that Marvel does this. They've always done it. They've always brought the people to the set and let them sit there with, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and da 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 And of course, they always get glowing reviews and the lead up to the movies are always glowing. So it'll be interesting to see now that Warner Brothers is starting to play that game. You start to see the different spin. But does, was anyone seen some of the footage or read any of the stuff uh, that was revealed from this visit? I wasn't aware they were even shooting yet. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I think they've been shooting for a month or so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, some of the stuff that was, in, is, uh, again, Aunt Poo, are you here? I know you're a movie guy. Are you in here? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Sir, how are you? I'm okay. I just got up from a nap. Oh, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> got you up. and interrupt your, your beauty sleep. No, nah, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, the mic just didn't work. Oh, okay. That conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you see? I know you read some of this uh, information about Justice League. Actually, nah. This is all news to, news oh, to me. Okay. I, 
this. Well, some of the, here's some of the main points. Uh, I'm going off my memory. One of the main point is that the just the tone of the movie Justice League will be different. <laughs> uh, this movie will not be the dark, dour movie that a lot of complained people complained about. Uh, Zack Snyder's own words, you know, he says I was taken aback a little bit by the response. You know, uh, so we're gonna change accordingly and this is a movie and well he said the change was going to be there regardless take that how you want but this would be about building a team and it would be more uh lighter in terms of there's going to be jokes and different things and they illustrated this by actually showing a scene from the movie where batman or bruce wayne goes to meet the flash and apparently in this scene, uh, is it Iser Miller? Iser? What's the guy's name that's playing the flash? Ezra. Ezra. Ezra Miller. He goes into his apartment or something, and he turns on the lights or something. Like, all these TV sets come on. But, like, in the corner is Bruce Wayne sitting there. And he's like, whoa, what the fuck? And he's like, what are you, who are you? And the guy's, Bruce Wayne, he's kind of, ah, I don't know who you are. And he shows him the video that we saw from Beavis Superman where he's in that convenience store. And he's like, there's something about you. I know you have power, but I don't know what it is or something. And I guess the uh, the Flash, you know, he's like, nah, that, that wasn't me. I don't drink milk. I'm Jewish anyway. I don't, you know, it was like a real funny sort of exchange. And at the end, Bruce Wayne just throws a battering at him. <laughs> and then like the Flash, you know, then he uses his power and the battering slows down. And he's looking at it and he picks it up and he's like, you're Batman. And the guy's like, oh, you're, you know, and, and everyone, they said they loved that scene. It was like, it reminded them of like uh, something that you would see in a Marvel movie or something. It almost sounds kind of like Robert Downey Jr. when he went to go meet Spider-Man in the, Captain, in the Civil War movie. But they said that alone was like, it, you saw the different tone. And then they said there was another scene where uh, the Justice League are on the rooftop uh, in Gotham City with James Gordon. And they're talking about how they're going to do whatever it is they're doing. But it was like the whole dynamic and they were all in full costume. It was like, again, I'm just saying they were like, Whoa, it was, it was excellent. And it was like, people was kind of joking a little bit, but serious, but it was just like, it worked. And they was like, it's not what you would expect. Um, they said that the villain is a character named Steppenwolf. Yeah. I think he's one of the new God characters or yes. Kirby thing. Yes. Really? <laughs> Which I guess that that one scene that they is going to be in the un- uncut version would kind of they put out the day after the movie was released shows that sort of picture of him or, or you see a little image of that character as apparently um, they said that the Superman will probably be in the movie uh, and he you may think? he may have the long hair possibly but he won't be in the whole movie uh, they said Batman's character now. Uh, is changed because after the events of the previous movie, he now feels like he has a purpose after, since Superman sacrificed himself, he now wants to be a hero uh, and get other people on board. So he's not some murderous psychopath, <laughs> which I don't have a problem with, but, uh, but that makes no sense. Now he wants to be a hero, but I thought they established that he had already been Batman for like 10 years in BVS. And yeah, and he had been off the scene for a while, right? And he only came back out because of the threat of Superman. But now he understands he was wrong, and he felt like Superman made a big sacrifice, and he wants to live up to that. 
so he's going to be more, you know, not going to be hard. I'm not going to say he'd be hardcore, but obviously he's not going to be killing folks or whatever people were complaining about. So they basically were showing that, yeah, this is going to be a, a, a more of a hero type of movie. Now, again, some of the comments they said is we actually were planning to do this anyway. No, they aren't. But, you know, <laughs> well, I gotta say, you can believe it. How I could kind of see if, again, would, he, would, would Batman still have been a murderous psychopath after the events of Batman v Superman, regardless of the complaints? Because if you look at the character, at the end of the movie, he seems to be like, yo, Diana, we need to get other people on board. My man sacrificed himself. So I don't know if they maybe were kind of going. I don't know if they were going to go as light as they may be going now. But uh, they did show a new Batmobile. They talked about these crazy uh, vehicles that Batman has at his disposal. And they talked about a big fight with the Parademons underground or something with the Justice League. So Warner Brothers definitely got in front of this and is trying to, I don't know, they're trying to, they have changed the narrative, at least in the journalist's mind, uh, about this movie. And they did it very early because, right, the movie doesn't come out till like, I think November next year or something like that. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Um, it's a lot of interesting conversations about what they saw. Uh, they got this, like I said, they had some FaceTime with Ben Affleck himself. Uh, he even talked about the Batman movie and he said, you know, I'm going to definitely do it, but I'm only going to do it when the script is together and the script ain't together yet. So, you know, it may take a little longer than DC wants, but, you know, I'm going to do it where it's dope. Essentially, you know, he said Jeff Johns is working with him. Uh, Jeff Johns and Zack Snyder have some other mystery movie they're putting together, apparently, as well. And then other, oh, real quick, the last thing they said is that the Justice League will not be a two part movie. It is going to be a self-contained story in this first one. And the second one would be whatever it is, but they won't be like some cliffhanger half story type stuff. But go ahead. And I believe that's I believe that's a lie because if you're there again, if it's you said Steppenwolf or whatever, Step and Fetch it. Steppenwolf. Oh. <laughs> And that's a, a new god. Uh, clearly, they're going to tease Darkseid at the end, end of this movie. Oh, for sure. Darkseid yeah. in a second. Oh, yeah. So, kind of how are like they going to try to say? Well, I mean, it's maybe no different than the Avengers, right? They continue to tease the main bad guy. But each movie is still its own story. Like, Ultron is still Ultron. Though of course, the threat of Thanos is still present. Um, so they're probably going to do it like that. You know, we're in terms of... It's not going to have some cliffhanger ending. Yeah, I'm sure it will still be like Dark Side is still out here. But uh, they said it's not going to be titled Part 1, Part 2. You could watch one movie and not have to see the other. Um, yeah, I guess. There's a really... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you I got was it. just going to say, based, like, because there's a... took me a while to remember where I found it, but there was a, a really great write-up about the, the whole set visit in Up Rocks. I don't know if you guys ever checked that out, but... Um, okay. Mike Ryan of, of Up Rocks put like some really nice points in there, stuff that he saw and talking to Ben Affleck and everything. Yeah, yeah. Up, up Rocks went, uh, the guys from Collider uh, went up there and they did a whole show about it. But, you know, again, it's, I, I just find it interesting. Uh, and even some of the journalists admit to, like, yeah, I'm fucking drinking the juice. <laughs> 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 you know, but what am I supposed to do? They, they're going to invite me to come in and we're going to say no. You know, and so I know that's going to change people's bias when they actually fucking are there. And, you know, oh, you know, there's that whole I'm early thing. And then there's that, oh, hey, I'm actually 
talking to Ben or Zach or uh, Gal Gadot or whatever. And I know Marvel always did that to their credit, right? You suppose, I mean, that's the game. It's a business. So I guess one one brother's like, fuck that secretive shit. <laughs> you know, get them motherfuckers in here, feed them, feed them, fuck them, and <laughs> send them on. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we'll we, we see what happens. And of course, you know, uh, Suicide Squad is coming in August. Uh, the director just tweeted, I think this morning, like they just finished the movie and it's going to the lab and he's like, get ready because you ain't never seen nothing like this. Uh, you know, we'll see. Yep, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. What else I wanted to go into? Oh, yeah. Um, man, we got to talk about some prints. Got to talk about some prints. Tomorrow, the BT Awards is coming. And uh, Prince tribute that they've been high. They done set themselves up. Yes, they have. Uh, that they better kick ass or else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw a report with Sheila E on Entertainment Tonight. You know, Sheila has a. I guess she's got a new album coming out, inspired by Prince, and there's some new song called "Girl Meets Boy" or something like that. Apparently, she's going to be performing that song because they showed some of the rehearsals. <sighs> Be good, Sheila. Just, uh, you might want to stick with glamorous life. Uh, it's like a piano. <laughs> it's a piano ballad, which you know, mm-hmm. when a person's doing piano ballad, that means you gonna have some. You better have some vocals. So, uh, so you're gonna see that. <laughs> um, I, I saw something. when I was reading this, but it looks like Anthony Anthony. What's his name? Anthony Anderson who actually has a pretty uh, nice relationship or had a good relationship with Prince. Uh, his stories with Prince are hilarious. Uh, is hosting the show with uh, Miss Ross. But I heard that creep out that he's going to actually wear the MTV Get Off oh, outfit. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing all year. Like, oh, God. <laughs> So Straight up. up. Oh, it won't be the funniest thing. <laughs> well, what was the um? There was a clip running around the internet of I think Janelle Monae in this like chicken outfit or something like that. With yeah, the wings like, on some it. sort of ad. That was yeah, that was a BT promo. What the hell was that? Uh, oh, what was she wearing? You had to ask her. <laughs> that is not a good precursor, man. Well, let's ask Sim. Uh, we got the fashion guy in the house. What was that, bro? <laughs> yeah, Sim. What the hell? I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see it. Sorry. Well, you were lucky. Can't help you. <laughs> it reminds me of Chicken Delight in every bite, man. Because this is this is not a, not a good look. The San Diego chicken. That's like what it looks even, like. Well, like some even Bork would say, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, they got a lot of rioting on this because they set themselves up by clowning, kind of lowball clowning Madonna's thing. So they they better be on some shit uh, with this. Uh, definitely. Looks like the whole show may sort of be a you know sort of continuous sort of uh, tribute to Prince, which is which is good. I I think that's going to be cool. So I'm definitely going to be watching. I actually will watch this one from start to finish. I, I just kind of feel a little sorted that they're pumping up. Hey, watch our stuff so we can uh, milk Prince's death for our own benefits. That's just, uh, I just well. I just feel. Point. I just feel some type of way about that. I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. Some people came at Sheila about that. Even Kat. I don't know if you guys follow Kat, but Kat did go at Sheila on (laughs) 
And my, my thing and my point on that is is that um the way that they started promoting it, say what you will about Madonna's um tribute, she knew Prince. She worked with Prince. I don't think anybody at BET worked with Prince. So for them to oh, no, begin no. their they, promotion. They, no, no, Stephen Hill was was one of Prince's he was good 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 with Prince. Who's Stephen uh, Hill? Uh, Isn't he the one that had the whole Ananda thing? Wasn't that him? Well, I mean, he's in charge of the BET program, so so anything got to do with BET. That was Deborah Lee. No, he's. I mean, he's. So he reports to her, but he actually does all the shows. Uh, Matter of fact, if you go back and uh, shout out to Peach and Black, the show uh, when they when Prince had them come out to the Apollo, it was Peach and Black, Stephen Hill, and Prince. That all sat in that room and, and chopped it up. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, uh, Stephen Hill is a hardcore Prince fan. If you look at uh, him in interviews and stuff, he's goshes over Prince. Uh, well, you say fan or worked with him? Well, he was a friend. Okay. Uh, and, of course, uh, I, just, I just saw it. Uh, I didn't just see it. It was, like, right after he died. But uh, who was the guy who sold BET? I'm, I should know his name. Robert Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, he. I don't know if you saw his interview that he did. Uh, he was real cool with Prince. <laughs> I mean, they had a great relationship to the point where Prince would fly him out to Paisley all the time and would like, "Yo, man, what do you think of this?" Or, and they would chop it up uh, heavy. Uh, so, BT's long history with Prince. So it's not. I, but I get what you're saying. But again, they're a business, so of course they're gonna milk it. That's what, that's what their job is to do: is to milk anything that comes on that channel. It's all about ratings. <laughs> It I, just feels it just feels sordid to me. Just I hear you. Sad bit, like especially how they, again how they promoted it by saying uh, shitting on Madonna's tribute and we got you and it's like that doesn't kind of sit right there. Like the man's dead. It's not like you, you're trying to be the best one to do the best birthday celebration and the man's alive. You're trying to come up with the best tribute and I'm like, what are you what are you trying to do? Well, just, too, I think doesn't sit I, right. I think they. I think they saw the negative feedback right. that the uh, the Madonna tribute got. I mean, I don't know many people that actually thought it was worth a damn. I know I didn't. Um, so I mean, irregardless, just, Madonna, oh. Madonna worked with, was friends with, and some alleged was lovers with Prince. So regardless of it being a bad performance, to kind of shit on her to promote your show for ratings and money, just. Just seems comes off a little tasteful, tasteless. Well, we're, we're talking about a business, as Mike said, and we talk about BET. So I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. End of the day, uh, Viacom, or not, they ain't in it to be tasteful. They to get that money, and they'll play by whatever the, you know, sway of the public. If the like, like Sean said, if they see, you know, shout out to their social media people who was obviously watching that shit, and oh, people ain't liking this. Let's throw this, put this together real quick. You know, we can play off of that. And that's what they did. I, I agree with you, though. It is throwing shade. But like I said, they better come with some shit then. Exactly. Shade they, they came from day one, you know, running their mouth about, well, we going to do it right. Okay. Yeah, it better be right. So we'll see okay. tomorrow. <laughs> um, and, was, and, yeah, okay. and then let, let's be honest, uh, you know, that tribute was a tribute to Sinead O'Connor and not actually Prince. So uh, yeah, all shade needed to be thrown at her for that. Hilarious. All Don't right. even mention that ball headed half on this show again. Yeah, keep, keep moving on some print stuff. I'm, I'm is uh, we got? Um, did you guys read the interview with uh, Judith Hill in New York Times? Yes. Yeah. 
and that was she was talking about she was talking about you know what kind of relationship they had, but also like she was there with him on that plane, you know, when the situation happened. And man, that's some that that was like a heartbreaking thing to read. Uh, and you know, she caught some flack from that from some of the other, you know, Prince people. Which, you know, Cat. whatever. Uh, well, even some of the other people that are closer to him. Um, you know, uh, and, and I get it, but, you know, each person has their own journey and proof, truth and they can do what they want. Uh, but I would just, I, I, you know, I was reading it and I was like, I couldn't be her. Like, that would be a hell of a thing to have on you. To like, you was there, you know, and you, in the summer, I don't know, did you guys see like the last line? Uh, that was in the interview. I almost hesitate to read it because it's just real personal. But you know, essentially, what Prince was telling her how he heard their voices, you know, shouting at him to come back oh, yeah. into consciousness, come back in his, in the, come back to his body or something yeah, like that. And he was like, yeah. "That was the hardest thing in my life to get back to you guys." That, that, that's some crazy stuff, man. Um, but to have that on her, and you know, too, and people were kind of throwing shade, but I, I don't because you know she was also. Worked with, you know, Michael as well. I mean, I got to give it to her. Like, for a young person like this to have worked with the two, in my opinion, greatest musician, entertainer cats of my generation and on onward, that's quite an achievement. <laughs> like, to the fact where, you know, they hired you to sing with Mike on tour. Like, they don't just bring nobody up there. That's Michael Jackson. Yeah, you know, and then the fact that she wasn't just like work with like Prince was really fucking with her. Like, yo, we're gonna do this album. You gonna be around me? Then and he don't do that with everybody. So, yeah, I have to shout her talent. Just like, man, that's some stuff. But yeah, that's a heavy thing to have. It's a very interesting article on um, the New York Times. Actually, has a podcast, and they did an interview with the lady who interviewed Judith. And they even talk about some more stuff in that podcast. I implore you to go check that out as well. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, I guess we're going to continue to just get little bits and pieces of things that were going on with him during that period. But uh, man, just uh, read that one when you're ready, because that's a that one might be a little heavy. At least it was to me. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I don't know why she you know, it was coming out with the story, but it was definitely something that was definitely, you know, difficult to read for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. She's, I'm sure she's got her own reasons. Uh, she's got to survive now on her own, you know, uh, which yeah, I, she does. Which she talked about, you know, I don't have this blanket over me no more. Now I got to get out here and I'm doing on my own. So this might be her last little shot to, you know, let me get a little more pub, you know, off the name, good or bad, but I, I get it. Um, well, yeah, Prince, man, ah, it's crazy. Um, another story about Michael and Prince. They're going in on Mike. They, they always, but they always went on Mike. <laughs> so ain't nothing new. So when people be complaining, man, they was going in on Mike back in the 80s. Come on, man. <laughs> and Mike was going in on Mike. He was giving them. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of that <laughs> stuff was self <laughs> So done. So you know, I see the story hitting the wire today about Michael Jackson's secretly re- recorded rants about Prince, and these apparently were from recordings 
when he was doing his uh, his own autobio uh, called was it Moonwalk? Moonwalker. Moonwalker. Has anyone read that book? You know, I tried to, and I just couldn't get through it. And I haven't. And this was back when it first came out. But in it, he ta- I guess some of the recordings he talks about Prince. Uh, I'll read a little bit of this here. Uh, this was recorded back in '88. Keep that in mind. He says, uh, Mike says, I don't like to be compared to Prince at all. You, you got to do the voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't like to, I don't. I think there's the mic that be talking on TV, and there's the other mic that be behind the scenes. I'm curious to hear these tapes. Prince is ignorant. He's ignorant. <laughs> there you go. That sounded like. <laughs> Like fell on his face. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Somebody can play guitar." Wow. Yeah. I thought that was actually the recording. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded yeah, like you know, right. far away. To, uh, yeah, it, he thing. says, uh, "I have proven myself since I was r- real little. It's not fair." He feels like I'm his opponent. I hope he changes because, boy, he's going to get hurt. He's the type that might commit suicide or something. Damn. Mike is cold. <laughs> it's, not, it's funny, not funny. But he says, uh, he was so rude. I make him sound like he gay. Well. He was so rude. One of the rudest people I've ever met. Prince is very competitive. He has been very mean and nasty to my family. Uh, and he actually uh, talks about the James Brown performance that they both were on um he says uh jackson says he made a fool of himself he was a joke people were running and screaming i was so embarrassed it's all on video so eh, oh and then he also claims says jackson claims that prince was starstruck when the pair first met but changed after he found fame uh in the tapes they call him jacko i can In the tapes, MJ also directed his venom at his family. He labeled brothers Randy hard-headed, Jackie negative, and Jermaine talented but lacking self-confidence. I wouldn't call that venom. The singer... Pretty accurate. Yeah, the singer claimed Latoya's behavior was weird, uh, moaned Janet was a tomboy, and said he loathed his emotionless dad, Joe. So, you know, Mike was keeping it real 100 to what his truth was. Yeah. yeah, Mike uh, calling somebody weird. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, well, Latoya was that nuts. Means. We all know. <laughs> well, she still is nuts. Yeah, the Latoya yeah. went awesome. I don't know what. Who was that dude she was with for a while? Jack Gordon. Why do I even know this fucking yep. name? Why do I know that name? That's that's terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, Jack Gordon. He was a he was a piece of work, man. He, he was pimping that man. Yeah, he had her on some shit. I, mean, she, I just remember seeing. What was it like? And then she was he trying to say like he raped her or something or something. Ah, that's the early Kardashian madness. That was, thank God, I didn't have the internet back then. That's good. And reality TV wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, because well, Latoya was on a reality show. Remember? She was like, well, that was later, the House Show or whatever. Yeah, she, wasn't it? I don't even remember. That's called. right. She was on it. She was getting blasted on that show too. She's so stupid. Anyway, but yeah, MJ, man. I mean, hey, I kind of could see his point on from things that I've read, not that I know personally. And, you know, kind of what I've seen of Prince, you know, I, I could see what he's talking about. But, you know, those guys are on another level. And I'm sure Prince, like you said, they'd be very, very competitive. And, like, man, fuck him, Jay. <laughs> but, 
but I love both of them cats, man. It's just interesting to read stuff about them. Uh, yeah, any any other comments on this? Mm. Nope. All right. Uh, and Pooh, man, you have usually have some topics and things that you want to get out there. Anything on your mind, sir? Uh, at the moment, nah. I'm coming at a bad day. Do tell. Sorry. Okay. I cannot. <laughs> okay. Well, we Uh-oh. hope all is well, sir. Um, oh, also, let me just throw this out there. Uh, it's headlines. 20th Century Fox is reportedly considering some sort of team-up with Marvel Studios. Um, Matt Key, who is a producer on Kevin Smith's Fat Man and Batman podcast, which I listen to sometimes. He says, I've heard from a few of my sources, my little birds that Fox and Marvel have kind of talked, but not really. But like there's interest from Fox, like, oh, you know, what they did with Sony and Spider-Man is actually pretty cool. Like maybe we're years away from that ever possibly happening. But I think that's what it would take. Fox joining hands with Marvel. Could you guys see a you know, a team up of X-Men with the Avengers or something like that? Or? I mean, to be honest, the only character worth bringing over is, uh, well, the only character that Fox has done anything that's built up to the masses worth bringing over is Wolverine. Uh, may, uh, maybe or, or so pair that with Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. So that's three. But I'm I'm not that excited about the X Men um, crossing over with the Avengers based on what Fox has done with them outside of those three characters. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like with with Sony, like they didn't really do a good job with Spider Man, but the character itself is cool. Like in the right in the right hands, it probably could be a dope X Men movie, right? You know, if Marvel actually did it, possibly, uh, or some of the, or just bringing the mutants over. You know, but yeah, because like, this this thing with the Inhumans need to go. I watched please. the season finale of Agents of Shield, and I'm like, okay, give me Black Bolt and the rest of the royal family, or just dead this shit. Did you see? Yeah, they are pushing the humans too much in the books too. Man, I need to get let that go. Did you see? I think it's some stuff for Comic Con with uh, this advertising that apparently is the Ghost Rider is going to be on Agents of Shield. Did you see? Well, how did, how does that even fit? How does that fit? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm like, I saw that. I'm like, I'm not excited about Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is a one trick pony, plain and simple. Is that two movies? Okay. And they both I, stunk. Didn't, I didn't see either one of them, so I can't tell you a damn thing about them. People forget about this. <laughs> the Ghost Rider movies are horrible. <laughs> and they weren't that long ago either. You know, that's the funny thing about it. But. Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Was he in both of them? Yes, he, he was Ghost Rider. That's right. That's kind of when, after that, his career went <laughs> straight I'd to rather, video. I would rather see Hit Girl in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, so we shall see on that. Oh, there was another story. Did you guys hear this one about the mother who got arrested for whooping her kids? No. Oh, man. Yes, this is. A- oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. Uh, Shaquita Spears. <laughs> That's her name. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baton Rouge mother was arrested by police Monday for whipping three of her children after they allegedly broke into a neighbor's house. 
Okay. Uh, she's out on bond and struggling to understand how she could get arrested for her actions. It says uh, Spears 30 told the news station uh, she was working Friday when a neighbor alerted her by phone that three of her sons and their friends were seen returning to her residence with what appeared to be stolen property. Most of the youths fled when she returned home, but Spears managed to catch and discipline her sons. Police said her 13-year-old showed them cuts and marks on his arms and body from a power cord used repeatedly by Spears. Her 10- and 12-year-olds also had injuries. Uh, Spears, who was booked on two counts of cruelty to juveniles, told the news station she thought she was doing the right thing by whipping them for their actions. Um, her $2,500 bond was paid off by someone who watched the TV's initial story on the situation. Uh, she tearfully told the news channel it hurts that authorities would take her, uh, take away her six children following the incident. She says, everything I do is for my kids. I don't want them to commit another crime. Uh, <laughs> she mentioned that they're, the father of these children is in jail. And part of the reason oh. why she whipped them is she didn't want them <laughs> to follow in that footsteps and i guess apparently what happened you know i, I was always wondering how did the police get involved i guess like they called the police because of the robbery and so when the kids were being questioned about that they noticed they you know what's that on your arm or whatever or back or however and they were oh my, my mom whipped us and so that's when the police was like oh well let's go pick up this mom you know so let me say this man <clears throat> And there were some reports about the kids are bleeding. I, listen, I don't know. And then I'll let you jump in. Sure, I'll let you, I'm gonna let you get in. And you know, apparently she, she took a. It wasn't. It was a. It wasn't a belt. Uh, they described it as the cord that goes between the TV and the cable box. So I was thinking, look, these kids got beat in HD with a HDMI <laughs> HDMI cord. Okay, extension cord, whatever. But the the police going to arrest the mom like that that's that's that bullshit to me because she's doing the best that she can she addresses hey she caught him in the act this shit is wrong i'm gonna punish you for this uh i guess they even call the police and y'all gonna go to you know got an answer for what you did but she wasn't like and again i haven't seen what it looks like but she's not beating the shit out of them from, I believe, what she's saying to, like, be some type of, you know, cruelty. Uh, I'm going to abuse these kids. I'm going to beat them. I'm beating them for no reason. I'm mad. So I'm going to beat the shit out of them. They getting their butt whooped because they stole something. What would happen if the police came and caught the kids with the bags? They could have blew their heads off. So at least the mom is doing something. You know, I find it funny that a couple months ago, they was propping that one mom all up on TV, whooping her son. Remember that? It was like that riot. Oh, thing yeah, that's you right. Know, she Boston. was a hero. Uh, but now, so I, I do feel a kind of way about this. You know, it's a dysfunctional family, which a lot of us are. are but she's not. And she was at work. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> Anyway, Simbarash, you wanted to say some questions. I do. Got stuff to say. Um, I'm of two minds about this. It's, it's kind of a it's kind of a conflict for me. It's like the last time I ever got whooped by my mother was with uh, was with an extension cord, it was a vacuum cleaner cord. Damn. Damn. 
Did she, did she and, use the vacuum cleaner too? <laughs> she didn't use the vacuum cleaner. Um, but you know, I'm that I was probably 13 when that happened. I'm 36 now. Right. Um, I still have those scars, right? I, I, I think, I think. Did, let me you ask know, you this: started, Where did you get whooped for? What's that? Why did you? Get I came home. I came home like 15 minutes late. Did you ever? <laughs> did, did you ever come 15 minutes late after that? Oh well, no. But after that particular point, I think the the miracle in that was that nobody actually called the police, right? Um, right. No, I was just trying to say you didn't do it again, though, did you? I, you know, I probably did do it again, you but just she didn't get caught. Touched me again. Oh, you know? okay. All right. I I think well because when that happened specifically with the court, I think even for her, it was it was really it turned out to be really traumatic. She didn't realize like the sort of damage that like that did, right? I'm all for, you know, whipping kids, especially whipping kids that are out of line and can't, can't be disciplined any other way. I do think that you can't whip your kid with just anything, right? I think, like, the belt is, like, the, the, the long-held standard whipping device, you know? I think that's cool. I think, I think you, can't, you can't bloody up your kids, though. Like, you, I don't know. Like... It's unfortunate in the way that you sort of described her predicament just now, you know, with the police arriving and stuff and how it could have been otherwise, I think makes me think about this a lot more empathetically than I probably would otherwise. Because obviously, you know, there's a precedent already set, right? She's got her kid's dad, they're in j- he's in jail, she's single, like she can't, there's no structure in the house to keep these kids in line. And when you got three boys on top of that, just kind of maybe feeding off each other and off, you know, what's going on in the neighborhood. I'm sure it's a really um, impossible situation. Um, but, you know, you start whipping your kid with the wrong thing, like it could turn wrong so fast. So, you know, like I said, I'm pretty conflicted about it, but I, I do think that you know, there, there is a, certainly a point where you pick up something and you're like, you know, you're not going to whip your kid with a blunt object, right? <laughs> you, you can't whip them like a slave. Like, you just can't do that. Well, can't do that thing. Well. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, no, I get what you're saying. You know, and, I, and that's as I think about it. You know, I know how we can be as parents and I know how women can be. As, and you got to remember, somebody called her from while she's at work and say, yo, you need to leave work and come and get these kids. So I know she was not come here guys. What is that <laughs> in your hands? Like get your black ass over here. I'm trying to come here. I know. So there was a little, I, I, I'm, I know she was hot, you know, yeah. and she yeah. losing money and plus her kids doing wrong. And then she see it, you know, y'all gonna disrespect me like this and make me look crazy out here. You know? So I, I get that. I get it. But I just wonder, is it going, so arresting the mom, is that really the message to send? I just think is is deeper than that because, again, they, the police dude could have said, yo, let's just investigate this. Let, let me go holler at the mom, you know, instead of just dragging her down to, the, to jail in some handcuffs. And now the kids got to go into the, to the system and she don't, you know, now they're really fucked, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just think it, it could have been handled a little different. I know they, to me, just like they're just so quick. Like they don't care about these people. No way. Fuck them. Uh, take them kids. I don't care about the damage is done. Uh, you know, over, I'm going a, I'm to a over authority the mom in front of them. I don't give a fuck. You know, they don't be thinking about it. And I think you have to think about that 
particularly in the case where their situation, that she's the only authority they got. Now they just all in the system. So I just, I don't know, man. That's why I'm like, they can handle this a lot. They do this with other crimes. When it'd be a domestic violence, sometimes the cat's being, let me talk to you for a minute. Yeah. You know, listen, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? So if they can do all this type of shit, maybe they just, unless their excuses, well, these are kids. Okay, whatever. Fuck that. I don't know, you're breaking up some shit that may not need to be broken up like that, but that's me. This yeah, reminds me of a, oh, go ahead, Mark. This reminds me a couple of years ago when Adrian Peterson got the same type of heat, you mm-hmm. know, for mm-hmm. disciplining his kids to, you know, a bit of an extreme. But again, I'm older than you guys. I remember, you know, seeing kids. I never got the extension cord when I was a kid. But that Hot Wheel track did find my ass a couple times, <laughs> you know. So I thought you were about to say Hot Iron. I was oh, <laughs> good times. Yellow Hot Wheels tracks, shit. Damn. So I understand that. But again, you know, let's look where Mom was coming from. You know, these knuckleheads were out committing felonies, hmm. and she went and checked their little asses, which is what she, you know, which is what you need to do. Yeah. So are we, so are we not going to address the elephant in the room that she, that she procreated with. Probably a lifetime criminal. Oh, how do you know he is a lifetime criminal? Like, how do you well, probably he, know that? I'm just going to assume if he's in jail now, this ain't the first time. He could be in jail for a DUI doing his 48 hour stretch. We don't know, man. Unpaid parking ticket. <laughs> hey, I'm just sorry. It could be like me. I was in jail for a half a night on some. You've you been to jail. Uh-oh. Oh, man, check the podcast, homie. No, nah, I'm just nah, it's Tommy. Oh, ah, ah, ah. your mama black. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I, I think you are stretching it out. I mean, see, you sound like the people. What about the jail record? Oh. I mean, what about black on black crime? I mean, we don't we don't know that. But even if he was, what is okay? Let's assume what you said is true. The, how is that the elephant in the room? saying you know when you when you make poor decisions when creating the children it stands the reason you'll make poor decisions raising the children okay yeah. i don't think this was really a poor decision for what she did i mean people have been whipping their kids I mean, in the community for a long time but i'm not saying whooping the kids part i'm just saying they must have learned that behavior let's go rob some shit somewhere Oh, where is the parenting? Where is know, the parenting? Where is the There's parenting? people who have dope parenting and the kids still out there doing acting a fool. Out there doing dirt, exactly. Kids gonna decide what they want to. I mean, yeah, the, the influence is there, but at the end of the day, the kids gonna decide what they want to do. They think they can get away with something. Maybe no, they're just they, being dumb kids. You never know. And kids get it from other kids being stupid more than anything else. Well, there's that. But uh, it's a sad story, man. Actually, you know. Just it just further breaking up the family. Uh, hopefully, she can do what she needs to do to get the, her family, you know, her kids back. I would imagine the kids want to be with their moms, right? Most kids want to be with their mom, <laughs> just on a general level. So I don't know. I wonder what they feel like now. They're living with strangers, right? That's got to be traumatic. Actions. What was that? Because of their actions. Well, true, but I mean, they're kids. Right, like when a kid makes a mistake, they want to be comforted by their parents to hold them. Right, to like ah fuck, you know, 
I'm scared, mom. Now they're just scared, and they got to go to the you know the, the foster parent or or if they just in a group home or something. And God, hopefully it's not some sick other kids in there or something crazy. You know those other younger kids that didn't get whipped or whatever. That where they at, right? So it's sure. it's fucked up, man. But I don't know. Like I said, uh, just don't miss- reach for the cord. Just don't reach for the cord. If you got nothing else, just put your foot in their ass or something. Just don't reach for the cord. <laughs> and the cord, cord was a bit much, but I don't think it warranted, you know, an arrest and CPS getting involved. It's like Mike said, I mean, you know, cop pulls it to the side and says, look, you know, dial that shit back, but you did the right thing. Isn't that like kind of the baseline uh, for action for a police officer, though, if there's blood involved caused by the parent? I mean, you're the lawyer. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not the, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't no, know what no. the is. Oh, I, you know, yeah, I don't know either. I'm just saying, I'm just wondering aloud, like, I, if the kids, you know, if they're bloodied up or if they've got broken skin, it's like, well, how... And, and you don't see the whooping, obviously. You just see the condition of the kid. Like. Well, also, keep in mind, you know, we didn't see, I mean, no one saw the, the whipping, and there is blood. But again, the cop could have done a little more investigative work here, too, though. Yeah, let me just quickly read the district attorney's uh, statement on this. Uh, give their size. It says, parents have the right and obligation to discipline and teach their children. We often... Uh, we oftentimes see children who have no parental authority or discipline, which eventually results in delinquency and criminal acts. We need more parents who discipline their children. Surely you would expect a parent to discipline a child who is burglarizing other people's homes as this could be a deadly encounter for the child. The degree of physical discipline will be reviewed. The law does not allow excessive pain or cruelty, but does allow physical parental discipline. I only have the short synopsis, which does indicate that the discipline resulted in marks on the child's body and possibly an open wound. I will review all of the reports, meet with the DCFS office and review any history of this mother and her children to get a better picture of the entire family dynamics before making a decision. In the meantime, my office is working with the juvenile court to ensure the speedy release of the mother under conditions satisfactory to the court. So uh, correct me, big sexy. So this is a district attorney talking about we'll decide if we're going to even press charges or exactly <laughs> exactly because what happens is you know a, a cop will make an arrest or a citation and then it goes to the da for charging and the da may not even charge it because when i when i was in the da's office you know i, I ran across a few ch- cases that i didn't even charge i'm like we're not no we're not gonna waste time on this bullshit because the key is they have to be able to prove every element of the of the crime now, I don't know what they've charged mom with, and we'll see, but the DA will do their investigating. But again, I understand that if it's a truly dangerous environment for our youngins, but I think it's a case-by-case basis. And I think, and this is just my own personal rant, I think a lot of people in the CPS field and the social work field get a little too far with what they think they're doing for people. You know, they need to fall back a bit. You know, every case is not, is not you know, something heinous. Like, I don't think this is a heinous situation at all. I think mom, maybe maybe they could give mom some, like, you know, anger management. Fine. Or something like that. But to take her kids away behind this shit? Nah, that's, that's, that's bullshit. And that's from, the, that's from the social workers. They're the ones behind it. 
Interesting. Yeah, well, I'm definitely I keep my eye out on this story and see how it uh, all comes out. Um, <laughs> any other stuff? Open it up real quick before we get out of here. Any other things you guys want to bring into the conversation? Yeah, and talk about uh, Vader in Rogue One. Oh, yes. Yes. Actually, it was a whole, I think it's a cover story, Entertainment Weekly. And uh, it released a ton of information and pictures about the upcoming Star Wars. And one of the big ones is that Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith himself, will be in the movie. James Earl Jones is returning to do the voice. I'm curious. They didn't mention, uh, what's my guy's name? James Earl Jones? No, no, no. Uh, who played Darth Vader in the other movies? David uh, Krause. Well, no, 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 not him. I mean, in the last. Oh, Hayden, Hayden Christian. Christian. <laughs> I know, be, not. I know before they not. said that he would be under the cow, but I wonder, they didn't even mention his name, so they just said, fuck all that, I guess. Don't matter who's, uh, in, don't matter who's so, in there now. <laughs> so that means Sith are going to be in the uh, film, or. Oh, yeah, maybe. I guess Q won't be watching this. Yeah. Right. That's why he is. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Nervous oh, laugh. I, I wanted to. I, I oh, got go ahead. So, okay. No, you go I was ahead. Say, I, I um, uh, spent uh, Thursday night getting uh, getting my funky emotions licked by George Clinton. What? I'm sorry. Uh, what? You know that lyric? Come on. You don't know that lyric? No, you I will do suck. not. If you will suck my soul, I will lick your funky emotions. Oh, you we way but, back. But, but why did you pull that? I don't know. I just, I just, just thought it was. A, Did he oh, sing that? Was cool. uh, he said it. He, you know, here's the thing about seeing George Clinton. This yeah, is my first time ever seeing him. Um, the dude performed for two hours and forty five minutes nonstop. <clears throat> he was on the stage the entire time. Now he had a chair out there that he would sit down and he'd let you know some of the younger cats do some things. But the energy in that room was just people didn't stop dancing the entire time. I know I left just absolutely exhausted. And, and and when I say they played the entire time, they played the entire time. They took like maybe a a two minute break towards the like the last maybe half hour. But I mean they ran through I mean all the classic stuff. Um, you know, make my funk the P Funk, Flashlight, um, Mothership Connection. But <laughs> the funniest part to me was seeing my man Mr. P. Funk himself seeing the lyrics to Get Low. My man on stage talking about to the windows, to the wall, <laughs> and then skeet, skeet, skeet. 75 years old talking about skeet, skeet, skeet. Like, come on, George. <laughs> okay. <laughs> come on, bro. But you know, it, it is it is sad that the man still at his age he should be sitting back, you know, smoking whatever he smokes, you know, feet propped up. But because and big sex, you probably talked about some of this uh, because of you know shady dealings with record companies, whatever. He still got a tour at, at seventy five or seventy four, however old he is, to you know to make a living. Well, but, on that subject, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but you could tell he still. He still loves it, and the audience loves it, which was – now, it was weird. It was, the audience was like, I would say, 98% white, uh, you know, 2% black, and mostly young. I would say median age, maybe about 30, 35 years old from what I can just, just tell from walking around, which I thought was interesting. But go ahead, sir. 
there is a new documentary out <clears throat> on the uh, or hitting the uh, film festival circuit about uh, George and the mothership connection things, and I've not seen it, but I know people people who are in it. You know, a couple of clients are in it. And from what I understand, there is not a flattering picture painted of George and his dealings with his band members back in the day. So if he has to tour, it's probably chickens coming home to roost because he did a lot of questionable things on a you know on a management standpoint back in the day. And uh, a lot of people got burned out of their uh, royalties and ownership and their copyrights. Yeah, I was going to say, now, so like songwriting. So was that... Was that something that was a or songwriting critic? I guess I should say is that something that that is an, was an issue back then, and that's what caused the the rift, and then the problem with the label and everybody oh, yes. gets paid. Okay. Oh yes, and see George, would, and again according to the documentary, George would get the advance from the label and pocket it, and smoke then they it. Would, yeah, he'd <laughs> smoke it, and you know he'd give them. I mean, he would pull the, the, the classic Barry Gordy. He'd give band members, you know, something tangible. Instead a of car. Their, their money, no, it wasn't a car, but something small, but something tangible like that. I got you. And um, they wouldn't question it; they would just go on their merry little way. And then George did not have the best manager people around him in his ear, and fucked it all hey, up. Well, but I, I'm not gonna let y'all slander on me. <laughs> George, <laughs> George George Clinton is is, is one of our icons. And, we gonna hold no, I agree, him. and uh, we hold I, him I, down. I, also, real quick, we gotta shout out Bernie Worrell. Uh, yeah, passed away the other day. Uh, that dude was amazing. We're seeing him and Bootsy do a show one time here in Seattle. Insanity, dope, 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 dope. So whatever the reasons they out on tour, I'm sure he still likes to do it. Yeah, no, yeah, it was obvious. See it. Um, he's the man, you know, George Clinton. Funk, the funk man will continue forever, man. Regardless of the drama, they gonna yeah. they gonna be packed out. Uh, as it should, uh, because that music is, you know, it's culture, man. It's just the whole yeah, thing. I was, I was really just surprised at just, just how the energy was. You know, begin. I mean, the only like slow song they did was Maggot Brain. Uh, the guy who played that was, I don't, I don't, I couldn't. He, George is a little hard to understand sometimes. So I couldn't catch the names of the uh, of the band that he had with them, but the guy who who did the solo, and this was like a fifteen minute solo. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, because the song's like what ten ten minutes long or whatever, um, was was just amazing, and and that was like the only like slow part of the show. So I mean, it was high energy the the entire time, and you know, and watching the show was like kind of made me feel you know somewhat good that I was actually seeing them because you know been a fan you know for the longest time, but thinking. Wow, this is what Prince probably would have been. You know, the the old guy still on stage. You know, yeah. still doing it. Got had to sit down every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, got his chair and you know, like, let, letting the young cats uh, do the thing. So, more so, if if George comes to your town, go check him out. You 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 will bring bring some bring some comfortable shoes though, because you'll be. You, I, I made that mistake. I wore some kind of. I always forget. I'm in I'm in Southern California. People don't dress up when they go out. So I'm I'm, you know. I'm, Try to dress kind of nice. I should have just gone in some some jeans and some tennis shoes. I probably <laughs> my feet would have would have thanked me. But but yeah, but check them out if if you can. It's a it was a great show. Like I said, two hours and forty five minutes of nonstop funk. All right. Damn, that's a long show. <clears throat> yeah, it was long. Got your money's worth. I wanted to find out one. Oh, <laughs> I, I posted this in the. Uh, we have this chat thing that we have, but. 
Did anyone see the video? Has anyone heard of this performance artist? I don't know. Was this in Paris or something? Oh, I, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> She's apparently doing this for women's rights. But what it is is she has um, a, a box sort of surrounding her upper breast area. And you can't see. But the idea is to stick your hand in there. And I guess see what you get, but what's in there is her bare breasts. And people are just openly fondling her. And then she comes back and has that box down on her waist (laughs) and the box around her box, which is exposed. (laughs) But people are literally putting their hands, I think we used the term last week, or digitally inserting their fingers in this woman. And she's just standing there like, hey, you know. And where's the art in what this? The fuck is it? Yeah, what? How is this women's rights? I don't. I was like, this is a nasty. Ugh. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like her being in control of who touches her. Maybe. Yeah, but this woman's not I, clean. You don't know. First of all, you no, don't I, know what she got. And I then agree with you. Cats been eating Cheetos or wiping ah! their oh, And then they go, oh, let me put my finger up in there. Huh? And then hoof. But then, like, there's been other people with their finger, and you gonna put your finger? It's the last days, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of last days, I I, I gotta weigh in on this. This was something else in the chat. That prom video. No, you posted on Facebook too, right? Oh, that that prom video. (laughs) I finally got to watch that. And I'm like, what kind of fresh hell are we looking at? Is that the Beyonce? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Describe it a little bit. So is a guy going to take a girl on a prom. He's standing outside, and she's going to come out the house. But before the girl comes out the house to go on a prom, uh, these dancers come out and are doing this whole Beyonce routine or something. It's it's one of the most absurd things (laughs) I've seen in quite a while. The best thing about the video, though, is to look on his face. He's just like, he knows he's about to get trolled in the morning. He just knows. Like, he like, well, she promised me the booty, so I guess I'll go through and sit through all this. He looked like he did not want to be there. He looked like, where was his parents at? I know. Where was his mama at to be like, oh, hell no, son, let's go. No, in his defense, is yeah, he probably had no idea. Nah, and, and, and she probably, probably downplayed it to him, like, we'll, right. we'll do a team, people are going to film it. He's like, all right, cool. And then, I give him credit. I mean, at least he is a, a nice enough young man to sit there and just take the L. You know, he didn't, he didn't, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't act all crazy. Because most cats probably would, let me get the fuck out of here. He was a respectful young man. And said, ah, okay, whatever. You know, let him go and do this foolishness. You know what I'm saying? What was the purpose of that, though? Attention. Oh, she wanted DNA. Oh, yeah, I guess so. And, and you know, my, you know, the other part about it, and again, listen, do it how you do it. But why was the, why did the little boy got to be doing it harder than the girl was? <laughs> the, the dancing and stuff. I was like, man, sit your ass. Uh, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> if I was the young man, I would have just on a GP level. I was my man. Hey, my man, where's your daddy? At? What, <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, I can understand these chicks. Do. What, what are you doing, homie? What's going on, Playboy? 
Again, I'm not going to say anything. Because <laughs> he was working overtime. Let's just say he was probably a cheerleader, which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. Hey, do you? Uh, do you, but do you? I still want to know where was old boy's parents at? Like, come on. They, they might not have been there. Th- he might have been driving. He got ambushed. I mean, he's like, I, it totally seemed like he he had nothing to do with that. Like, <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Not at all. He, he's like, I'm just as shocked as y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, my people, boy! I tell you. Well, what I, was, I mean, one of the postings on the took it like he did. He did. He did take the L like a man. Like yeah, you know. He's like one I of the postings just, online said the girl, the actual prom girl. I'm going to paraphrase here. She said that dress. She was not slaying that dress or something like that. I'm like, wow, because I didn't. I didn't. I had to look at it twice. I thought the girl who was dancing was the prom date. Oh, no. No, no. Another girl came out in her dress and had to pose there. <laughs> and then, you know, a lot of people online were like, well, you, you weren't even slaying the dress, girl, so what's the deal? I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'm glad that doesn't, that, that saying doesn't fit on you coming out of your mouth. Cause it, it, it does not fit me at all. No. <laughs> I'm glad it doesn't. Good. <laughs> you want slaying that girl? <laughs> yeah, no. Now we just need to get... Uh... Q not uh, Sean not saying on fleek anymore. You know, you know, oh, on that subject. <laughs> Here we go. First of all, you, you forget, sarcasm is is if you caught the post, I even said, "Am I saying that right?" As a joke, as sarcasm, as wit, whatever. So I think it didn't see that it didn't come across that way. I guess that's probably why people well, were saying it. Okay, well, it was it was supposed to be a joke. But that's what I get for posting <laughs> after a night of not of drinking. So, and you had, to, and, I, I, and you also caught some flack for the T-shirt. Is that the? <laughs> oh, well, well. <laughs> what's going? Yeah, what's going on, Sean? Well, gangster. Uh, as you as you know, I am in the process of moving, and most of my clothes are already packed. So I. I am now, you know, down to just kind of wearing T-shirts, and that was one of the T-shirts that I have, and I wore it. And what, there you go. yeah, but, what but was why the, did what's you the history? Only? Yeah, how did you get that? Shirt? That's the question. Um, I saw it somewhere. I I liked it because it was a bigger T-shirt. I like my I like my clothes bigger, and it was a size that I like to wear. And I bought it. It had nothing to do with what was on it. I just I just like you know. So you would buy stuff even if it had like. You know, in this case, some could allege sort of gangster uh, <laughs> symbolisms behind. It doesn't matter to you what well, the symbols if, are. If, what... if, if, if it was throwing up gang signs, no, I would not buy it. But I thought a shirt that just simply says G unit is is an acceptable <laughs> shirt to wear. Okay, gangster. He was All like, right. "Yeah, I'm G. I'll go yeah. ahead and wear this. Yeah, I'm a G. That sends a signal." When did you buy that, that shirt? How long ago was it? Oh gosh, I. I, I was it during the heyday? Of, so it was during when that's that nah, meant that was something. The heyday, 10 years yeah, ago. I was gonna say. So that was okay, when I, that, I'm, I'm guessing. I, was, I mean, I, I, that was I a don't few know years past his prime, homie. Well, no. So I was. I mean, I, I, what I'm saying I'm is, guessing. you 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 brought it when it meant something. When G Unit, when you I, saw a cat wearing G Unit. Oh, okay. I, honestly, I do not remember <laughs> when I bought the show. I honestly don't. It was just a, right. a, I probably bought it. I'm sure I bought it at a thrift store because that's typically where I get clothes a lot of times and. What I saw it like. All right, Fitty. 
no, no. Uh, you the, the, no, the, you the, the, you the Tony Yayo of the group. What I'm, what I'm finding funny is is the arm candy is being overlooked, <laughs> and the the word fleek in my attire is what's being well, focused. Well, come focused. on. Oh. The G Unit shirt is a bit of a conversation starter. And I was wearing a King Gold too. I don't know if you. Oh Lord, <laughs> man! You can't go. Sean be that dude at the club, boy. He be... <laughs> you said you was rocking the King Gold. <laughs> And the G Unit shirt, and the G Unit 2016, shirt. man. Hey. And you was doing karaoke, hey. and, and he was and on fleek. And you on, and man, I'm, you that dude in the club, man. You that old dude in the club right now. Hey, I, I'll be that. <laughs> All right, now come on, nigga. I'm on fleek, girl. Come on over here, G G G Unit, sir. Sir, we on something different now. The culture has moved forward, but. Oh, who's doing the cabbage patch? <laughs> so it's a, it's again it's a nice comfortable shirt to wear when I when I bowl. I like again I don't like wearing constrictive stuff when I bowl. So. Nah, 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 Sean's still in the club doing the the soldier boy. And you got jokes, huh? so it's okay to it's okay to make some jokes then, right? Oh, yeah. Sean, about, Sean talking about. Uh, let me do I'm, some karaoke. Go ahead, line up the rapping, line up the rapping Duke. <laughs> well, okay, let me see. So the songs I did last night, let me see if I remember. Uh, I did with Doves Cry. Uh, I did with Doves Cry, Let's Get It On, Poison, Gold Digger, and I think that's it. I think I did four. So. Oh, man. Wait, wait, wait. Can you do a little Poison? Yeah. Did you do the song BBD Poison or you did the rock group Poison? BBD. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which song did you Oh, Poison the song. Got it. Get the song. Wow, oh, man. You're hilarious, man. I'm surprised you didn't do uh, I'm Bad by L. Cool J. Uh, they don't have, but the, I did do. Check for uh, one, uh, Yeah, I did. Actually, I did one week. I did do um, uh, Mama Said Knock You Out. Oh. I, hey man, I, you're this, a braver man than me. I, I couldn't do it. This is it's karaoke, doing karaoke is so much fun. The the thing that I always tell people that you know want to do it or whatever, I always say pick a song that you know by heart, mm. and that way you don't have to be focusing on the monitor and you know the words or whatever. Because when I do karaoke, I'm always I'm off the stage. I'm kind of in the front of, so I'm not even. Oh, I'm not even. Okay. I'm not even watching the words. I mean, hell, I know when doves cry by heart, right? So I don't, I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to watch the words to, to do that song. And uh, do you do the, with, Do you do the dance from the video? No, I do not. Uh, I would pay money. <laughs> no. You don't uh, across the floor. None of that. No. <laughs> you don't do no. the, the bathtub part. No, don't do the. <laughs> but do you wear the hat? Uh, uh, well, he had the Kango. I, I, I got my Kango on, man. So. Oh, about the Kango. So you should have had him fire up some Wild Wild West or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the hip-hop offerings are, are very lacking. I think the oldest song that I've done, and a buddy of mine does it with me, we've done, uh, we've done King of Rock a couple of times. Okay, there you oh, go. Oh, Lord. I know they got to have, like, Sugar Hill in there or something. Rappers uh, Delight? I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I mean, they may, but. Hammer? Never, yeah, I think they would have it. Because that's three people, and so it's always just me and one other guy. So we wouldn't and have them a third verses. Is long too, boy. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. And I, when we do King of Rock, I'm always, I'm always, always run, no matter what. Always. <laughs> always. The fuck of MCs. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Uh, but I'm gonna, I see, I'm not, that was my last night, too, because I'm, I'm moving. Oh, so you were showing so. out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do it every Friday, but I just, you know, I wanted to have fun. So I was kind of, you know, cutting. So, you, so since this was your last night, Sean, when you left the building, uh-oh. being oh, the, uh, the rock star singer, Kango oh. wearing G-Unit, Mac Daddy that you are. <laughs> Did you go back to the place alone? I, I because 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 uh, my current situation. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna be on my Mark Furman. I wish to assert Hilarious. my Fifth Amendment privilege. Mm. <laughs> wow. You would assert Mark Furman, wouldn't you? That's what I'm saying. Mark Furman invoke Mark Furman. Well, that's the only thing that I can think of with someone famous that uh-huh. did the Fifth. Come on, man. <laughs> Everything's out of conspiracy, brother. Mm. <laughs> oh, let me ask this other question because this I know this started off a whole other conversation, but <laughs> I'm just curious. There's a story here from the uh, great trusted uh, outlet of media takeout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all know where this is going. NBA star. Now, I never heard of this, brother. NBA star Kyrie Irving. Just won yeah. the championship. Oh, he just won too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't, you know I don't follow. You know I don't follow none of this stuff. I don't follow. But apparently, uh, he had such a great time. It's, the headline says he throws a quote, "No black girls allowed yacht party" to celebrate the championship win. And Sounds like something he did. There's a video which I haven't actually watched the video. I'm gonna watch it right now. Well, if you watch lot, the video, I see there are a lot three of black women. Oh, I see a black girl on the side there. Yeah. But I do see Becky is in the building. Let's just be honest. He's an NBA player, and I'm, I'm gonna try to say this diplomatically. You want to clean it up for him? <laughs> He's an NBA player, and Becky's are known to be a little bit more uh, adventurous in the bedroom. Wow. So he's like, "Look, I want to have fun. I want to have it my way." So I'm not mad at that. Interesting. Okay. That's one perspective. But there were, th- I saw three black women in that area. And th- he has long, oh, damn, pause. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of money. <laughs> I'm sure he oh, had. Where are you going I'm, with that? Huh? I was going to say he has long money. I'm like, oh, okay. Pause. <laughs> he has a He's lot got of long money. black. Anyway, go ahead. Look, you got money, do what you want. I'm, you know, sure the, I'm sure the yacht had more than enough area, more areas where there were other black women there as well. Well, I don't know, man, because, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, talk out of turn, but because a friend turned me on to what media takeout was about. So now I question the, uh, oh, yeah. the veracity of the story completely because I have an agenda, which is fine. You know, they're not yeah. always wrong. Yeah, they, they do make up. They do make up. Beyonce been pregnant for three years. That baby going to ever come out, according to them. Beyonce, Jay Z been getting divorced for five years, according to them. So, yeah, come on. Well, there's always that, you know. You got, and you got to put. I, I'm, you know, if you got something to say, <laughs> they, the the story says one of Kyrie's Irving's homies, Lord, said this. Who? You know this. You know so and so said an anonymity or an, anonymity or what that fucking word is. You're the it's, lawyer. Yeah, that. That, that's bullshit. You know, you got something to say, say it. You know, then the throw Kyrie Irving under the bus when their coverage clearly refutes what their story says. Yeah. You know? uh, 
irregardless. <laughs> uh, they couldn't get Shaquita. Twitter, Twitter went in on them pretty heavy. Uh, I'll just see it. Is it Twitter or is it? Well, Black it's, Twitter. It, it's, it's on it's on Twitter dot com. So you can call it. Whatever. But Twitter went in and was saying, uh, "It was one of the funniest." Uh, curving, I, Kyrie Ivern. I can't read Irving. Kyrie Irving <laughs> has the show title Friends tatted on him. What kind of woman did you think he liked? I want proof of that. Curving, I I can't say this nigga's name. Yes. He's a he's an NBA champion, but does he his but does he love his mother? Think peace coming uh, soon. Oh Lord. boy. They really What does one have to do with the other? <clears throat> then somebody said, Not even any Latinas? He does have a friend's tattoo, by the way. I just googled. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, he's right there with Q. It's the and it's the it's like the actual friend's logo. Oh, wow. come on, man! Can you clean that one up, uh, Ampu? I can't cut it at all. <laughs> Look, the guy liked the show. So what? I mean, it's not like he has only one tattoo either. A friend. That's the point. He got that one. He <laughs> got Seinfeld on his butt cheek. <laughs> Wait, let's leave Q out of this. All right. <laughs> the fact the guy's got a, a show, a hit show that you know. Look, it's cool. I'm fucking. I'll give a shit. I can't even defend. It's not even defending the boy. It's like that's flex. You know, it would have been a little more I mean, flexible had it been like a Duck Dynasty or that Honey Boo Boo bullshit. But whatever. Hey, this show Friends was all right, but He's I wouldn't. That. He said that he got the tattoo because he's a fan of the show. There you go. Went to the New York Post. Damn. He owned it. He owned it. Not only did he get it, but he owned it. I have a tattoo on my left arm of a scorpion. Why did I pick a scorpion? <laughs> I didn't pay for it. But why did I pick a scorpion? And don't let me down. You know why I picked it. Uh, Sting? Exactly. Hmm. I'm going to get a tattoo. Welcome back, Cotter. I'm- Welcome back, Connor. I will pay for it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and clown all y'all. I'm a huge Prince fan. Ain't no way in the world I'm putting that fucking symbol anywhere on my body. Yeah, nah, I'm not it's doing for that. For now. <laughs> Nothing. That ain't that's, no for now. That's for, the lady, <laughs> that's for the ladies, in my opinion. But I hey, do what you do. I'm not even putting... I, I, I think uh, A Fervor My Life is a damn good song. I ain't putting them lyrics on my body. Nope. The lyrics is a bit much. Lyrics is a bit but you got Even, Tupac though, don't you? No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, ain't the wrong thug life. Ladies love the thug life. No, you got a picture of Tupac on your shoulder. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Shit, I wouldn't even put my mama's face on my body. Fuck that. All right, well, there we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we invite you to continue to listen to us after this uh, show. Uh, shout out to, once again, our special guest. Simbarash, sir, where can people find Thank you online? You, ah, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Lord Ashbury, just about anywhere. Okay. Uh, Sean Hill, where can they find you online? Yes, sir. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Hill Street Views. You can also find me uh, on Facebook, Sean Hill and uh, Real Movie Talk. And you will be able to find me in uh, Oakland uh, as of next week as well. But then the blog uh, may or may not continue. We're still working on that. But uh, HillStreetViews.blogspot.com. 
review of The Shallows. We'll be having a review of, of The Neon Demon coming soon. And uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates is coming up as well. Uh, How did that get greenlit? I saw the trailer for that the other day. <laughs> How did it get? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it looks kind of funny, but we'll see. And you'll be the I've Black seen. Ken. <laughs> did anybody catch that? No. Did anybody see the trailer? No. Uh, I've uh, seen it once. It's like the I don't, the black guys dating their white sister and getting married to her. Anyway. Oh, uh, they, they, we they, was, they was mad laughing at the theater on that one. I was a little high. <laughs> that funny motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, and, and Pooh, where can they find you? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and Pooh, and it's official. Last day, I walked out the job. <laughs> shout, I ain't going to shout out that name, but shout out to my former employers. You know, we, when you get petty... And all of a sudden, you just stop giving me assignments. So I just sit at the desk all day watching YouTube videos. But, you know, hey, if that's what y'all want to, hey. y'all want to pay me to sit there and do nothing, okay. There you go. That's right. And uh, you'll find me come uh, next month at my new endeavor at Electronic Arts. I will be yes. helping to make EA better, so to speak. All right. There you go, man. And we're gonna make congratulations sure. on that. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations. We're gonna make sure you're gonna watch what you say on here. This man ain't gonna mess up <laughs> mess up your situation. Hell yes. <laughs> they don't know that they don't know nothing about it. No. Uh, okay. We're gonna have to definitely keep you by the Aunt Pooh moniker. <laughs> Cause you see, they're going in on people now real quick. I know y'all saw the story about that girl on Fox Sports. Yep. Oh she was on that podcast oh. talking greasy. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like hey. she was prepping. the best part about the podcast. Is the other two guys were just like, "Well, tell us how you really feel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were egging her on. She's talking they reckless. They mean that. She's like, "Oh yes, actually, I did." <laughs> yeah, no. Fox was like, "Yeah, no, he, <laughs> you ain't messing us up with this." Sorry, kick rocks. And that's how you throw your <laughs> career down the tube on some, just on some talking shit on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like not thinking it's gonna get nowhere, but. But now she was actually representing the company, and that went live over their Facebook Live channel. Mm. So oh, even worse. And mm. those, those white boys set her up good. <laughs> that's all I can say. But yeah, go ahead. I mean, that's why that's why you don't drink before you cast, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Unless you're Michael Dean, apparently. I was gonna say. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, I keep my stuff very separate, but uh, you're right. You're definitely right. Oh, real well, quick. do, man. They search up on these shows, and they're going to get you. Yeah, they will. They will if you're slipping. Real quick, I forgot to mention this, and I hate to, to, to do this now, but did anybody see the trailer for Shots Fired? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Shots Fired? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shania Lathan. The Fox TV Fox show. show. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really I want... was thinking of the Lawrence Fishburne movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. What 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 did you guys think of that? If you can remember it, if you have any quick thoughts. Uh, From what I remember, it looks like uh, American Crime almost. I mean, it just okay. looks like that type of storytelling. I can see that. I didn't. Have, I didn't have a opinion of it one way or the other. Conspiracy Brothers should be running on on fleek. I'm just saying, there's, <laughs> there's going to be a return of conspiracy brother review <laughs> on the first episode. Because uh, my third eye opened up real quick when that one came out. I was like, what is this? Wait, what is Shots Fired? 
uh, oh, we'll find the link. It's a TV show that's coming on Fox this year or this season, and apparently revolves around a black cop shoots oh, yeah. a white person. Okay, isn't that and, the kid from um, The Wire? Yes. Okay. And they, yeah. they they have a video clip of him saying, "Now I have the right to shoot these crackers." Yeah. That's... Yes. And I'm like, for, I, I need to know: is, is are we still saying crackers? Are we still calling white people crackers? I didn't get In that. Our best Chris Rock voice, yeah, yeah. We're doing Chris Rock, right? Oh, because I, I, I don't have the memo on that. I know white boy, <laughs> yeah, but whitey, but cracker. I thought we didn't stop using that well, one. It plays better, I guess. It's more of an eye opener to see, uh, just to show okay. that, I suppose. Wow. Yeah, that's a. It's an interesting show. Uh, I, I get what Sean is saying about the American crime. I could see that angle. I just, to me. I find it just interesting that Fox would put this out, you know, sort of counter to how what Fox, the agenda, in my opinion, Fox News pushes, that they would have a show like this on the same channel where they have a show like Empire. Uh, and to me, they're not stupid. Like, yeah, I know that it's probably Fox News is one thing and Fox over here, you know, the TV channel is another, but they know what they're doing. They definitely want to so do. I just I just find it very interesting that they would put a show that has that sort of the it's almost like reverse racism sort of like spin on it like mm-hmm. oh it's the black guy make you know killing the white people sort of victim thing and, and I, I see it's like they can get a pass by just looking at it and say well it's just going to show that all crime is you know equal or whatever you know you can try to play that route but but they know people are stupid. They know there's a certain amount of people who will watch that and be like, see? We are victims. Black people would be just as racist. Yeah, they, and and it would play into the rhetoric of the other channel, but I, I don't know. I was, I guess we'll see what the show is actually about, but they definitely know how to push certain things a certain way. I, I, again, to me, like Empire, you know, we talked about that show, but they know what that show is about. Right. It sort of reinforces everything that Bill O'Reilly be talking about. Look at the examples, right? You know, here we're we're putting a show out that actually shows you what I'm fucking talking about. But he never mentioned that show. But it doesn't doesn't play right into their agenda. So it's just interesting that they would have that show that is uh, you know all about the ratchetness, but they're against it in real life. But anyway, it's conspiracy, brother. Thank you, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Big Sexy. Where can they find you on? I want you in the trailer now. Yeah. Um, Twitter, Big Sexy and Sack. Uh, Facebook, Mark Wiggins. And this trailer looks like it's some bullshit. <laughs> I definitely it's, want to see this show, though. Just, I'll I'm watch curious. You know, I'll watch it first out of, out of curiosity, but I don't think I'm going to be on this one for the law, Paul. You know, they they got a lot of, you know, I mean, they got Shania Lathan. I'm not familiar with the brother who's the prosecutor or whoever he is, you know. They got the young black dude, you know, they got him center point. They got Mark Wade, you know, from The Wire. Uh, they had the one scene. Is this the only crime that they're going to go after? You know, they're trying to play both sides. Very, very slick programming. And, of course, you know, by the, what's the name? By the Wood? Gina By yeah. the Wood? You know, you, you know their names from certain uh, things. Blythewood. Yeah, I call it By the Wood. Huh? Right. Shit. Call Shade and Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, do we get everybody? 
Yeah. Ampu, did I get you? Got you. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, yeah. got you. Uh, and shout out to Key Storm. He's uh, I think getting back from Hawaii, doing his thing out there. Um, shout out again, birthday shout out to Day Dropping. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, sir! Shout out to Big Ken. Shout out to Tobias. Uh, shout out to our listeners who continue to hold us down. Thank you so much. Shout out to uh, one of the big listeners, uh, my man Dallas. Shout out to you, sir. Uh, and with that, we're going to continue to work on the job. We'll see you next time. Peace.